You want to make mom smile this Mother's Day? You can start Mother's Day with flowers or surprise her with gifts from the brands she loves delivered the very same day with DoorDash. Wow, that's a great idea. Moms are such a gift to us and we should treat them the same way with gifts, especially on Mother's Day. I didn't know DoorDash was doing that. That's exceptional. If your mom has a sweet tooth or if she's a tech enthusiast, beauty connoisseur, if she's outdoorsy, no matter what she's into, you can make her smile with a fruit or flower bouquet, makeup, tech gear, workout wear, and more, all deliverable through DoorDash. Get all your Mother's Day gifts all in one place and get 50% off your next order up to $15 when you spend $15 or more on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now with code THEO. That's T-H-E-O. Order using DoorDash today. Terms apply. Today's guest is undefeated in the MMA fighting. He is a -a one-of-a-kind type of sensation. Uh, He's here with his coach, Tim Welch, who you'll also hear on the mic in the back. Uh, it's, It's exciting to sit down with him. The Sugar Show himself, Mr. Sean O'Malley. Yeah, but it started for us as having, uh, you know, I was a big Dustin Poirier fan. I still am a mm-hmm. big Dustin Poirier yeah, fan. Yeah. And so he, like, he was like the first, like, dream guest we ever had. I was like, dude, what if we could get Dustin Poirier on? And, like, so then went to, eventually he came in. And so then that's how I slowly even started getting into um, UFC. And then Rogan knew I was a fan. And so he took me to when Dustin and Max Holloway fought. That fight was sick. That was a crazy You were there live? Night. Yeah, bro. It was that the was first, your first fight I've ever been to. Yeah. Who was the co-main? Do you remember? Uh, Israel and Gastelum. Oh! Which was crazy. That, probably, that might be one of the sickest fights ever. But Dustin versus Max might be up there, too. Oh, it was crazy, man. Crazy night. And I was like, bro, I don't even like. I don't even know what happened to me. I turned like something came out of me. Oh. I think this inner part of me that always had been like afraid to fight just like mm-hmm. came out of me as like a fan. And so then slowly I've like really started to get into the sport more. It's, you cool, know? it's a fucking crazy sport. Dude, I used to be afraid it. to watch it. Dude, I literally told on my dad because my mom was watching. Or my, I told on my dad, told my mom because my dad was watching. I was probably 13, 14. And oh, I like it was to, a bad thing? I'm like, wow, I thought it was fucked up. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. how do they take those sh- shots to the ribs? You're like, mom, dad, look what dad's doing. I'm like, dad's watching. Because I wanted to watch something. And I was like literally disgusted by it. They're bleeding and stuff. And I'm just like this skinny little fucking kid. <laughs> Never thought about fighting at all. Were you, um, what do your parents do? Are we going? Yeah. Oh, fuck We're yeah. We're good. Cool. <laughs> what, do your, uh, what do your parents do? My mom, she, she's retired basically now, but she was a nurse. Um, and my dad was a detective. No. So I, growing up, was terrified of marijuana. And we lived in Helena, Montana, a tiny fucking place. Yeah. And so if anybody was smoking weed, I looked at it like they were doing meth in my head. Right. Like I was like associating it with the same same stuff. Yeah, like um, plant milk. Like, so, yeah. so that, my dad was a tech, I obviously fucking love marijuana now, but 
it, it was crazy because I just looked at it so bad. And then when I moved to Phoenix, I kind of like – Tim's like, come on, try it, try it. So I tried it. I'm like – Oh, your coach, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what the <laughs> – yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, my coach. Coach you into a <laughs> hey, let me coach you into a bag right yeah. here. <laughs> but it was because he, he thought it would be good for me because I'm a fucking spaz. It would be oh, wow. 10, 10 p.m. We trained twice, five hours. And I'm just like, let's go do something. He's like, shut the fuck up. Take a hit. And I would just take him like, Oh, that's pretty nice. Be able to chill for a little bit. So, uh, but yeah, my my dad's a, a detective. He's retired now too. He does something. I'm not even sure what the fuck he does now. But does did something. he ever do any murders and stuff like that? Even he he did. Yeah, he did. He was in the for about twenty. I think twenty years. And he he told me some fucked up stories. With I love like murder, bro. Murdered. Uh, like this guy got. He was in a helicopter, and my dad was, like, first on the scene. He, like, completely was splattered all over the the dash of the helicopter because it ran into a mountain or some shit. But he would tell me some fucked up shit about, like, him having to interview guys that were raping their daughters that were in wheelchairs. Oh, oh. And that's the shit that he was like, I fucking hate this job. That's too much. That's too much. And then, and that wasn't just, like, one time. That was, like, numerous times, certain situations, like, just having to oh, face God. the devil like that. Yeah, because you're looking right at that. When you're talking to somebody like that, you're looking at the devil. Yeah, sitting there having those conversations, and then you and then think, like, after that conversation later that day, you're probably running it through your mind and thinking about, like, what the fuck? There's people like this. Yeah. Sad. Ooh. And you see, so your mom was a nurse. That's a really loving job. I feel like you have to be – it yeah. takes a special type of person to be a nurse. Yeah, she was, she was super, like, caring and loving toward growing up. Uh, we had – I have three – there was three boys and then my sister. So, yeah, it was – she was super caring and loving. She still is. She still treats me like I'm fucking six. Yeah. Because the other day – like, she still sees me in a certain way, which is really weird because I moved to Phoenix about six years ago, and um, she still looks at me as, like, I'm a, that little sh- – I'm her Shawnee. I'm yeah. her little boy. Because she – I told her, don't watch any of my podcasts. Don't watch any of my <laughs> vlogs. And she watched our last vlog, Road to UFC 250. It was like we put it out – um, it was before I got the call to fight Eddie and all that. In the beginning episode, is Tim was pretending to stand up and give fifty thousand dollars stimulus check to everybody, and I went, "Die, motherfucker!" And my mom watched the beginning of that. And she called me crying. She's like, I didn't raise you like that. That's evil inside of you. And I'm, and I'm like, reading the comments, and everyone's like, "Oh, sugar and Tim, fucking love you guys." I'm like, this her perspective of that. Like, she just sees it so much different. She just still sees me as that little boy, right? I'm like, that's just comedy. That's just funny stuff. Right. Like, they don't know. Yeah. They don't know sometimes, like, uh, yeah, like things that we're joking around about. Yeah. They don't, like, they'll think it's super serious. I like to think, like, comedy's fun because you can push the buttons and make jokes about stuff that you can't necessarily, you shouldn't almost. Yeah. Well, that's the I'm funnest not, part. Dude, I'm obviously not a comedian, but when Tim and I and JX are hanging, mm-hmm. <laughs> hanging out, we say some fucked up shit that's like, well, Sugar's into fat chicks. If you didn't know. I'm Is not he? into fat chicks. I, would, I don't mind a little thickness. You got to have a thick, especially with the look. With the end of times coming, dude, I don't want to be laying there next to a bone bag, dog. <laughs> dude, you laying next to some girl that doesn't have any skills, no. bro? Yeah, that's that's the last thing I want. Mm. The end of times coming, bro, and you have to freaking yeah. hunt for two? No shit. Uh-huh. Might as well get one and two for yeah. sure. We're trying to fucking see if there's any way we can score some chicks down here in L.A. I'm sure, bro. I've definitely I've disappointed a lot of women in this town. No. I'm sure we can help. I'm not. I'm down to disappoint someone tonight. Yeah. Like, Even if we gotta pay 150 bucks. That's what I'm saying. Like, if it comes down to it, it's like, okay, this chick 200 for an hour. Not to fuck, of course. Right. Yeah. Just to, a little to, you know, hang out. I would hang out. Yeah. 
Couple oh, yeah, bucks. you could find somebody definitely to hang out for sure, man. <laughs> Especially during these times. Yeah, they're you know, desperate. It's extra they're to desperate. have the mask off, though. That's the only yeah. thing. I might keep one on just in case. Yeah, it's 50. It's I know that it's, I'm not joking for a lot of women. It's $50 more Without for a, no mask. Wow. So that's where we're at here. Yeah. Um, When you look at, like, I was listening to one of your interviews with uh with ariel mm-hmm. ariel helwani and uh you talked about instead of you you said performing and in, in instead of fighting just in a, in a sentence you were using mm-hmm. do you think of it as performing do you think of it as like i do i think of it as pure entertainment um i've never thought of fighting i've never been able to like articulate it how to say it. i've never thought of fighting as fighting i've always thought of it as a, a sport plus entertainment um and i'm just gonna get really good at this skill which happens to be fighting punching kicking choking all the skills and, and then go and perform and all and i always in my head have better skill set than this guy so it's like a performance um for me but it's still fighting it's hard it's hard to explain it but yeah I feel oh like yeah I'm performing Oh, I can imagine it's hard. Yeah, but yeah, because I'm watching some of your fights and I'm like, yeah, it seems like, like some guys you're watching them fight and it's, it's a fight. Yours has this different element where it's like, like I would watch you sometimes. It seems like whenever you get in the clinch, like it's almost like it bothers you a little because, and this is just my perspective, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because it's like, oh, this almost feels looks tacky. Like I want to do the, like it doesn't. You can't be as artistic right. when you're in some of those environments. Does it feel like that or is that? Um, it, 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 that comes to sh- down to strategy for me. I'm I'm usually like longer almost every single time I fight someone, especially in my weight class. I'm, I'm going to be longer. I'm going to have the reach advantage. Um, so getting in close and being in the clinch is going to be not necessarily a disadvantage for me, but it's not necessarily where I want to be. I want to be l- at range, right? Where I can hit people and they can't hit me. If I'm teeping somebody, which is like a front kick to their sternum, if I'm landing that, they can't hit me. Yeah. And you, if you watch my fights, I throw. A lot of fucking teeth kicks. Oh, your legs like seem like they got arms in yeah, them, dude. I'm like, I dude, does he have fucking I arms in his legs? I throw just as much as my hands. Yeah, like, yeah. I throw just many kicks. So once we're in the clinch, it gives them an opportunity to grab my hips, get a body lock, take me down. Um, but we've been working on so much jujitsu, and I and I'm getting called out by these wrestlers, and and I don't use I don't read comments and get offended. They're like, oh, you need to fucking fight a wrestler to prove you're real. But I do a lot of jujitsu, a lot of ground training. I do way more grappling than I do anything. So I'm going to fucking choke these motherfuckers. Like, yeah. once I get someone that can actually take me down, like, I guarantee Jose, the kid I fought before, Eddie, his goal, he had jiu-jitsu tattooed across his chest. His goal was to yeah, take yeah, me down. That means he means. He was yeah. trying to take me down. Yeah, dude. But, if you write it on your chest. Yeah, exactly. Like, forever, you better really mean it, dude. But the dude. thing is, is like, these guys think, oh, they're just, we got to take them down and grab them. Good luck grabbing a hold of me. My distance and my footwork and my speed is, you know, that's something we work on and understanding where I'm at on the cage it's not easy to take me down. It's not easy to grab right. me without getting fucking punched in the jaw or need or hit in the stomach. So, so these people that think that the way to beat me is, hey, let's just take him down. Right. That's not a good game plan. Right. And it's because it's not easy. Yeah, you're like a dangerous water, man. When I'm watching you out there, I'm like, damn, this guy, it's almost like um, somebody, like you have a puppeteer almost, and the person who's doing it is like definitely been on some speed balls. Dude, like they've been up for a couple of days, you yeah, know? <laughs> that's like, how I, f- I feel like. When I'm in there, and I've said this in other interviews, like I feel like I just let go of all 
thought and everything and i feel like my higher self takes control of me in there so i do i am like a fucking puppet to my higher self and just doing everything that i'm just doing whatever that puppet's making me do that's probably what do you it feel is. coachable like uh do you feel is it do you find it's harder to be like take like pointers from coaches and stuff as you grow because i mean you're like on a you're literally on like a rocket ship right now like this is a unique time in your life does it get because your own voice gets big, you know, because people yeah. tell you it's big. Right. You see your, your your work and it's a, you know, you're you're undefeated. You're like, okay, I know what I'm doing. And does that make it tough to to hear coaches as much? Not at all. Because like Tanquino Augusto Mendez is our jujitsu coach. Who, that's who Tim got his black belt under. And he's just won 80cc Worlds last year, which is the biggest grappling tournament. And he's the best in that weight class, which is my weight class, at grappling. I'm never going to outlearn him. There's, uh, there's never going to be a time where I'm like... I don't, he can always teach me forever. Uh, and then for MMA, it's like Tim and I, Tim knows my style, my striking, my jujitsu better than anyone. He knows it like as well as I know it. So I trust when he says something like you can see there's new, I've watched all my fights fucking thousands of times. There's <laughs> moments in the fight where you can hear Tim yell something from the cage and you can see, you'll see me do it the same, what he's yelling in because we have code words for everything. Um, so in the fight, I'm I'm super coachable. I'm super. I'm trusting in him. Like he sees something, and I know I tr- I trust that that's gonna work in there. And it and it has so far. But as far as being outside the fight and like okay, it's time to train. I mean, you could a- answer that if I'm coachable. I feel like I, I take take it well. Yeah, super fucking smart. You know, and I don't look at it and say, hey, you need to do this. Say, hey, look at it from this perspective. What do you think? He's like, oh shit, that makes sense. Now I see that a little bit. So he's super fucking coachable for sure. Yeah. What was it like whenever you guys went over to Joe Rogan? I know you're a huge Joe Rogan fan. Yeah. You, me too. Uh, and I remember the first time walking into like his lair. It's yeah. like I feel like I, for me, I felt like I walked into like like where they wrote the Bible and like, <laughs> but the Bible had like some crazy different chapters. Yeah. Like people were, you know, people were fucking arm wrestling and yeah. people were. Uh, you know, eating fucking albatross nuggets and just doing wild <laughs> shit, you know? Yeah, that's what, how that's how it felt. What was y'all's experience like when you guys went over there? I was nervous as fuck. Me too, man. I'm like, whew. And the night before, I got this Airbnb, and I didn't look at it. I'm like, oh, this is <laughs> two miles from Rogan's place. I figured it would be a nice little place. It's some ghetto-ass <laughs> apartment. Studio. One, <laughs> studio, one bedroom, one bed. <laughs> one bed. And it's like, so Tim and I are fucking sleeping in that bed, and I'm like under the top covers. And he's like, it's a c- uncomfortable. Just I'm greasy. Just greasy. And the uh, picture, uh, <laughs> the pictures of the apartment were of the like the lady and her family that lived in there, and it was just uh, fucking awkward. It wasn't awkward, but it was it was like weird to be in there because it didn't feel clean. Yeah. Um. But and then we so we got caffeined up and went into Rogan's, and uh, I was fucking nervous. I'm like. I know his podcasts are long, three hours. He's fucking super smart. I feel like half retarded half the time. Yeah, like, especially me too. around you know. I'm like God, but I felt like it got it went good. Yeah, at hour two, I feel completely. I feel like one of those people that got molested in the wheelchair. <laughs> honestly, bro, no <laughs> offense, but like I feel <laughs> at hour like two, I don't know how uh, he keeps going, man. Yeah. It's impressive, and he never has to get up and pee. I, I think I, I don't remember if I got up and peed, but I'm, I remember having to pee. But he always just fucking toughs it out. Yeah, I get afraid to pee in there. Like I was like, yeah, I was. Can I pee or, yeah. yeah, I was nervous. Like, what do I do? Just drink it? Like, what do I do? Like, <laughs> what, yeah. What's supposed bottle. to be? Yeah. What, what would Joe Rogan do? Yeah, Rogan's the fucking man. It's crazy how, 
how uh, influential he is nowadays too. It's yeah. sweet though. Like all the guests he have on there, you can have funny ass motherfuckers on there, or really really smart motherfuckers on there, or high level athletes, and he can relate with all of them and talk and have a good conversation. It's smart, smart motherfucker. It's sweet that we are able to listen to him like that. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, he's so curious. It's like um, at a time. It's funny at a time where uh, where people kind of hurry to make choices and decisions and hurry through everything. Mm -hmm. It feels like uh, he goes long form and he's so curious. Like he genuinely like wants to know stuff. Yeah. And I think it helps the rest of us, you know, learn. Yeah, for sure. I've learned a, a ton listening to his podcast for the, over the years. Yeah. Even like, like the, I've never, I don't know what the fuck, I don't know about politics. I don't know what a Republican, I don't know what a Democrat, <laughs> I don't know far, I don't know The only politics I ever fucking ever heard of is from, you know, Rogan's. Yeah, pretty interesting listening to their perspectives on that. Yeah, when he had Bernie Sanders on, I thought it was real interesting because I didn't know exactly like, I mean, you hear all these like little clips online and stuff, but to get like a real idea of sitting down and listening to somebody, yeah. it just, you get to know them a little better, right. you know? For I sure. Thought, I thought it was a lot more real. Yeah, for sure. I think that's how most of those talks should go, like the important ones. Yeah. Like long conversations like that instead of like they say 30 seconds <laughs> commercial. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. fucking crazy. <laughs> Do, um, when you see this picture of yourself, like we had a picture of you when you were up on Rogan, that was like two years ago. Yeah. Is that interesting to look back at that guy? Does it just seem like the same dude? Yeah, I feel like for me, you should always look, a couple of years is a long time to be able to grow mentally. Um, and I feel like I learned, because that was right after my fight where I broke my foot. Right. So I was... I was learning a lot at that time. I was kind of, I was on that, I was on that fucking rocket ship that I'm on now. I was blowing up. I won, uh, I, I won my debut. I just won, won my second fight in the UFC. I broke my foot, got a lot of attention because I fought with a broken foot for three minutes, ended up winning. Um, and I don't think. And your suspension came after that? Yeah. Right, right after? Yeah, July. Fuck. I don't remember that. All that time feels like it was so. Um, yeah, I think I got suspended after that, which was another two years out, and it was just fucking crazy. That whole, that whole, from the time I broke my foot until that last fight against Jose was it was over, a little over two years, and it was just so much. I went through two surgeries, was was on the Rogan, went through two suspensions. Um, it, yeah, that was a long two years, but I feel like. I learned so much about about myself, um, and I'm just like way more grateful for what I had going through all that stuff. Yeah, I could imagine that sitting out and watching everything go on, and just thinking, okay, where would I be in this? Would I be in this fight right here? Like, yeah, was there a fighter during that time? You're like, oh, that guy's taking my place. Well, I was supposed to fight. I was supposed to fight El Teco, the kid I knocked out um, on March seventh. I was supposed to fight him. Got suspended. And then my suspension was up, and then I was supposed to fight Cheeto, and then I got suspended again, so I was like, fuck, watching these guys fight, and I'm like, I'm supposed to be fighting these guys, but I did, I, like I said, I got those two surgeries, which made me way more of an athlete, like I felt like I needed those, I had a torn labrum in my hip on both my UFC fights, the, both my first and second UFC fight, I had the torn labrum, so it was, it was affecting my performance a lot, so I was able to get healthy. Um, and I was able to do a lot of jujitsu, like really commit my entire life to jujitsu and getting good where I was lacking. Like that's where someone was going to beat me two years ago is if they took me down 
and they could lay on me. Now I don't feel like someone could do that. Yeah. So I, looking back at it, it was the best thing that happened. I was able to really commit to jiu-jitsu and get a strength and conditioning program. Um, the fight against Andre, I was walking around 149 probably, like heaviest 149. Mm-hmm. The fight against El Teco, I was walking around 157, 158. So I was able wow. to put on a lot of muscle that was like fucking not just muscle to where I'm like, God, I'm jacked, but muscle in all the right places. My legs, my everything was we – were, we were training, lifting for MMA. Brandon right. Harris, my strength and conditioning coach, is a fucking man. We, like, we were lifting for MMA, so it was perfect. Do you feel – is there a weight that you really feel the best at? Do you feel like you're still learning it? Because, I mean, even at your age, you're still kind of – your body's still kind of adjusting. I mean, yeah. I'm 40, I'm older, so it's like, I, you know, I know that my body kind of goes through some things mm-hmm. where, you know, sometimes it feels like, oh, it's pretty hype, and sometimes it feels like, oh, okay, I'm still kind of figuring it out. Yeah, I hired this guy named Dan Garner. He's a nutritionist. We, we I um, got my shit tested, my piss tested, my saliva tested. Jeeps. Um, got everything tested and figured out what causes inflammation. Would you figure out you were fucking high as fuck? <laughs> no, I had to fucking shit in this little container and ship it really? off. I'm like, it was weird. Yeah, but I got all that stuff tested so I can figure out what causes inflammation in my body and what, what foods do really well. Oh, wow. So I got my diet dialed the fuck in, like perfect. I'm eating perfect in camp and I'm feeling like a fucking machine. Um, it, it's crazy. When you eat perfect those little injuries that you have in your wrist or your knee or your back's tight, those little injuries go away. They're not there anymore. There's no more inflammation in my body because I'm eating the right food. So with the, my food on point, like my diet's fucking perfect. My what, my weight cut was good. Um, the strength and conditioning and then my, my MMA training, I'm like, I, I'm everything's at such a high level as far as my coaches mm-hmm. that I'm just destined to be fucking great with everyone around me. Right. Being you got so the perfect package right yeah. now. Do you feel... um? Do you feel like, I know you just got off of a fight. Do you, and I heard you talking about like, um, you know, you don't have a manager, right? Mm-hmm. Right, and I don't have a manager, mm-hmm. right? Like it's one way that I've just done my own business mm-hmm. and there's things that I like about it. There's moments where I get scared where it's kind of like, okay, what do I do in this instance a little bit? Like this is where I would have an extra layer of right. protection to talk to someone. I don't mm-hmm. have to make those calls and stuff. What's that experience kind of been like for you not having one? Yeah, for me, I was like, I think a lot of fighters are fooled. I'm like, you guys can't do this. You guys are, some fighters give 20% of their purse. They make $100,000. They're giving $20,000 yeah, to their manager. Yeah. You know, mine was only 10%. Right. But still, I'm like, I'm going to give 10% of my manager because he signed a couple emails. It feels and, weird, and doesn't it? And he negotiated my contract with the UFC when I was the one that was sitting there talking to the UFC. And he was sitting next to me, didn't say shit, didn't say a word. And I'm sitting there trying. So I had to pay him, you know, a lot of money to get out of the contract, but it was worth it. And and as far as dealing with those things, you know, my dad's helped me out a lot. Nice. I have a lawyer to look over contracts. That's perfect, yeah. Um, And then I have have other people that I can hit up if I need to that are in the industry to ask ask questions. Yeah, Yeah, that's a big thing is how do I get through this moment? Like, what would you do here? Exactly. So that's that's nice. And just not burning bridges anywhere. Just always having good relationships with so many people to to be able to ask is nice. But, you know, I'm getting messages from other fighters like, hey, you don't have a manager? What's going on? I'm like, dude, if you can sit down, like I sat down with UFC, Sean Shelby, and Mm -hmm. we talk. He's like, there's some fighters I can't talk to. I have to have that middle person because if I tell them, hey, you're not worth this, this right. is why, and they get, no, oh, I am. It, it, I'm like, okay, I want me and you to sit down and be fair. Talk to me like I'm, I'm my own manager. Don't talk to me like I'm the fighter. Right. And let's be fucking fair. I don't see why that's so hard, but I know they're trying to 
pay me the least amount of money to right. go out there and fight and i'm trying to make myself the most amount of money let's meet in the middle and be fucking fair and yeah. i think we're getting there um i sat down with the ufc after my last fight we didn't have a written out contract in numbers but we agreed like okay this this should be fair so it's it's getting done and, and it feels good to be like n- knowing i'm i'm in charge of this shit so it feels good <laughs> Who were guys that you can reach out to? Do you feel like like are there guys out there if you need suggestions as for negotiating the contract? Yeah, or just yeah that kind of stuff. Like, are, do you have kind of mentors within the business? You feel like I feel like um um for for managing sponsorship contracts, I, I have a couple people that I'm working with right now without signing a contract with them, just so I can ask them. They can help me get contract. But when it comes to just fight, I feel like. I haven't had to reach out to anybody, but if I did, I feel like I could reach out to a couple people. And even if they're like, nah, I'm, I can't help you. Like, even Chael Sonnen, like, this mother- motherfucker knows a lot of shit. I have his number. I've texted him a couple times. If I was like, I don't know what to do, maybe I'll ask Chael. Yeah. That motherfucker knows a lot. Uh, I haven't re- reached out to him personally for anything really yet. And if I have to someday, maybe I will. But even Anthony Smith's in the UFC, he's a he, yeah, he's he, a great guy. He messed. Anthony's or I was awesome. on the phone with him doing a podcast, doing their podcast. He said, "Hey, if you ever need anything or have any questions, reach out. Let me know." Guys like that, and then obviously I have a bunch of friends at the UFC. But I feel like I'm I'm doing good right now, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm taking care of what needs to be taken care of. And if I'm happy with my contract, right, that's a big thing. Yeah, you know if you're happy or not. Yeah, yeah. So I think, uh, and so far, um, it's going good. Yeah, yeah it's nice. What uh? What have you been doing in your downtime? Like, say you get off of a fight, like you know, you got maybe. Do you guys take a week off? What does that look like, dude? You guys go to the water could, slot or something? You guys do a, water slots? If I could take a week off, that'd be crazy. My I fucking enjoy training so much. It's part of. It's just part of life. Like I fucking love it. Um, a water slide sounds pretty fun. No, but I, I don't know. <laughs> it training just part of life, and I enjoy I enjoy it so much. We train, um, you know, when I'm in camp, I don't smoke. So I enjoy smoking outside of camp, whether I'm like last Sunday was pro I got high as shit. Yeah. Rolled in, have you ever rolled ghee in jujitsu? Uh, like in the, that butter, you mean? Ghee. <laughs> no, in a ghee, like the looking pajamas. Oh, looking yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I got high as shit. I took a puff off this sativa joint Sunday and we did flow uh, i flowed for the most part my shins fucking bruised as shit and it hurts to even touch but i did jujitsu that's probably the most fun practice i've ever had in my life just flowing in a gi going from positions to positions and uh i just really enjoy training jujitsu um i enjoy hitting mitts and stuff but we we usually hit mitts and really up the striking in camp when we have a fight booked and sparring i don't really i don't spar outside of outside of camp just pretty much do jujitsu and, and strength and conditioning. But what's your like finishing move? Do you have like a finishing? Oh, move? I got a fuck ton. I have more finishing techniques mm-hmm. than anybody ever because I can stand both stances and do everything from both stances. And I have, I have just as much power in my left hand as my right hand. And my like everything's just the sugar show, man. Dude, it's fucking I, sweet. It is. It's fucking sweet. And I've had I've had a lot of sweet finishes. I don't know if you've seen the one where I head kick that dude. That's, yeah. That one, that one's one of my all-time favorite. That's what I was really looking for. I thought I was going to catch Eddie with that, um, because his hands were so low. I thought I was going to catch him with something spinning, but yeah, he kind of like, fights like he's from almost like the 1800s or something. You know, he comes in like he just got off a gangster. Ship. Yeah, yeah. He, he was the nicest motherfucker too. I l- legitimately felt bad knocking wow. him out as he was fluttering down. I'm yeah. Like, ah. 
yeah does that happen sometimes is there times where you get in there and because sometimes like i'll even notice like just talking to friends of mine who are in the sport uh even just talking to friends of mine who are in the sport oh wow yeah i dropped him with my left hand bink boom yeah and and that that was a couple years ago but another Mm. walk off you think he could have gotten you how you think if they would have given him he's out yeah. <laughs> left-handed dink you so think yeah. guys ever pretend to be out i bet they do this dink oh yeah no i killed him basically no yeah they uh that ion kuta lava fight versus uh magomed he was kind of acting like he was yeah, rocked I, and then they they stopped the fight actually. i believe that i believe that it's probably scary getting rocked and you're like ah, just get me out of here yeah and you can't climb out of the top right that would be sweet <laughs> if someone did that that would be fucking sweet it, but you can't do it. You, well, they think, don't put a top on it. No, they they probably you know DQ you or whatever. But if you're it, ever getting fucked up, just I'm climb getting fucked out. Up, I'm dipping. Take Abbott. Yeah, <laughs> get crack. I'm dipping. Take, Bro, I would <laughs> climb out of the top easily. Uh, now, can you legally bad. climb onto the top and jump off of that, or you can't? Ooh, that, see, I don't know if uh, you can't grab inside the fence, but you could kind of run up the cage probably. But uh, I, see, that's another finish we got somewhere locked in, like is a, a cage kick. Like I know Anthony Pettis hit that on Benson, but he didn't finish him. There hasn't really been any sweet finishes jumping off the cage, right? And, and and we definitely could could land something like that soon. Yeah, because I want to know how sweet the the sugar show can get. Ooh, you yeah, know what I'm saying? I want to see you make We're somebody disappear. No, I could probably <laughs> do that. We're just getting started. Like I'm 25, and and I I got a, easily another 10 years. Yeah. You know, but the way I eat and the way I train and the way I take care of my body, I'm still going to be, I think 36, 37, 38, I'm still going to be fucking good. Yeah. So I plan on being in this sport for a long time and getting a lot of fucking sweet finishes. So when you're out there, whenever you, whenever you get in, into the, into the octagon, do you think about like, are you already kind of thinking about the finish as the fight goes on? If it starts to feel comfortable or you start to think like. Oh, I could finish this right now, but I'm going to wait a minute. Has that ever kind of happened? Or it's not like that there's too much intensity? Mm, I, in that last fight, when I hit him with that body kick, the spinning body kick, I, I've dropped a lot of people with that. And that motherfucker was so tough. He tried toughen it out. If you get, Have you ever been hitting the liver hard? Uh, Your body just freezes yeah, up. You get like paralyzed. Wayne hit me one time, dude. <laughs> and bro, I still fucking, still every time I eat a Snicker, my fucking body hurts a dude, little. But he still tried, like after I landed that, I'm like, I'm taking this dude out. I knew I was gonna take him out. Um, because of that that just hitting someone with that shot is so dangerous and so powerful, and I've landed it so many times. And at that point, you start to feel like a hunter. At that point, yeah, I felt like okay, I'm getting this dude out of here. But I wanted that spin kick. I missed it barely because I hit him with the left body kick deep, and I threw a right right hook, and it landed hard. And then I switched stances and threw a spinning kick because that's what I wanted for the finish. But that's in that moment, I knew I was about to get him out of there that's why i spun i was, i tried to take his fucking head off and spun myself around um but i knew i had him hurt and i did think okay how am i gonna finish this dude and that's why i, I wanted that spin kick bad but then it missed and i was like i don't want to gas myself out just dinked him yeah do you um do you feel like like what do you, do you think there's something unique about your body type or just like there's some gift that makes it how you're able to kind of flow the way that you do? Like, where do you think it comes from? Do you think that it just comes from training? Do you think, like, what do you really feel like? Yeah, I feel like I was definitely gifted athletically, just being an athlete and being able to move the way I do. Um, 
I played basketball, football, soccer, baseball growing up till I was about 16. That's when I started kickboxing. But I think playing all those sports made me like a pretty good athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then once I started kickboxing, I was never really taught hands up, left hand, like how to th- throw properly. Yeah. Because we'd just go and spar. And I would oh, yeah. just, I think I would just flow, switch stances, throw shit. And it would, that just became my style, just switching stances and doing stuff like that. And then slowly kind of building on that. But, you know, a lot of coaches were like, no, let's, you can't do that. You're going to you're gonna get beat up. You're going to get knocked out. Put your hands up. I've been told that literally since I started fighting. Right. Like some people get mad at me. Put your fucking hands up while I'm sparring. But like, you like to do it your way. But I'm like, my I ain't getting hit. My right. hands are, that, these 16-ounce gloves are too fucking heavy for my little ass arms to pull up. I'm going to keep them down low. <laughs> and uh, that's just kind of how I've developed my style. And, it, and it's worked out. And then I think... Um, the work I put in is not just fucking hard work, but I work smart. Yeah, I have a hot tub at home, a cold plunge at home, a sauna at home, a mat room where I can stretch, a foam roll. I have all these tools to where I can recover and 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 eat perfect, and then I can go train hard the next day. And if I don't, if I don't feel like I can train hard, I'll take that day off. And and I think Michael Bisbing's coach said uh, it takes confidence to take a day off because when you have a fight coming up that you're thinking fuck i gotta get in shape for that fight i can't take today off right and that's where a lot of people get hurt um but i feel like there's, a, so there's in, a way to properly rest i'm mean. so in tune with my body i know what it needs to do i know if i need a rest i know if i can push um so i think that that helps me get that confidence to get in mm-hmm. the cage and get into that flow state where i'm just purely confident do you feel like in y'all's uh I know we were talking about kind of like moving weight and stuff. Is there anybody that's kind of like retired or anything that you, whenever you, over the past few years, you're like, oh, fuck, I was hoping maybe somewhere in the back of my head one day to get to fight that guy. I think I think Henry will, uh, I think that'll be a fight someday. Could be a big fight. So who the caballero, huh? <laughs> um, I think that could be a big fight someday. <clears throat> he got really offended. I don't know if you've seen my comment after my fight. They asked me about him retiring. About his girlfriend, you and mean? And I said he's 30. He got his first girlfriend. He got really – that stung him. Really? He posted on his Instagram. He went on Joe Rogan. Let's talk about Sean O'Malley. Like, got a – so that poked at him. So if someone's that insecure and easy to poke at, he's going to want to fight me. Right. But if he's smart, he probably won't because he he said, well, he needs to work on his wrestling and jiu-jitsu. I guess his jiu-jitsu is getting pretty good. That's what he said on Rogan. But, like, I'm telling you, people think – Oh, let's just take him down. I'm gonna choke them, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna submit him, or I'm gonna get back up. It's not gonna be, it's not gonna be like they grab me, take me down, and, and the fight's over. Right. I'm gonna either get back up, or I'm gonna choke him off my back, elbow him. It's not gonna, it's I'm, I can, I can scrap, I can get scrappy down there. Um, so that could be a big fight someday. I don't think he's done. I think he's, you know, if you're in your prime, for I don't know, it's for me. If I'm in my prime. It's hard to put yourself in that position. Right. It's he's like, done do you so retire much. as the king or do you, because I heard you talk about this, like you'd like to just keep going until. I'd almost rather lose and be like, I, I, try, I gave him everything instead of, no, I'm too insecure. My ego's too big to lose. What do you think is a weakness in his game? I mean, I mean his. That's a, he's, he's the highest level you get. That's, right. that's a high level black belt MMA fighter. He can box. He can wrestle. Um, I, I don't know about his jiu-jitsu, but when you're wrestling that high level, he doesn't almost need that much jiu-jitsu. If he gets the takedown, he can control on the top, posture up, ground and pound. He's he's fucking really, really good. He's definitely the best bantamweight, and then he retired, obviously. Was Cruz his last fight, or he had one yeah. more after that? Uh, no, Cruz was the yeah, last Cruz. one. Do you think that would be a fight for you? I mean, do you think that... I think I'd knock Cruz out, too. I think his style, um, <clears throat> just... It, 
I feel like I'd knock them all out, so it's hard to say. Right. But yeah. but if you had your choice, like say it's you know you get up in the morning, you have a full day of knocking people out. Ooh, okay. I would, who do you knock out for breakfast? <laughs> who do you knock out for lunch? And who do you knock out for that tasty okay. late meal? I'd brother? probably throw a fourth one in there too because I get snacky when I get high. Okay. <laughs> so I'd knock out Cody for breakfast. Okay. Just get my blood moving. Okay. I'd probably knock out TJ after that, oh, just wow. for like a little brunch. Yeah. Um. Then I'd knock out Dominic. And then I'd knee Henry in the face while he's shooting. <laughs> so I'd probably just do those four and then call it. And then probably call out Connor. Wow. Yeah. Just for that midnight. Just for fun. And then Habib. Meal. No, fuck that. I wouldn't <laughs> fight Habib. Fuck that. <laughs> Habib's crazy, huh? I don't want none of that. Now, when you see a guy like Habib fight, I mean, he's a, uh, you know, one thing that, you know, whenever he was fighting, whenever him and Dustin fought, mm-hmm. I, I almost wished that... And this is, look, I, I admit I'm a newcomer to the sport, but I almost wish that for a certain amount of the fight, they had to be on their feet, and then a certain amount of the fight that they didn't have to be, they couldn't be. Right, that'd be um, interesting. No, yeah, because that, that, that changes the whole game. Dustin could, Dustin's got some of the best boxing in the UFC. He's got really good fucking hands. He's got a sweet fight coming up versus Dan Hooker. What? Yeah, that's going to be a great Ooh. fight, man. But yeah, when, when you fight Habib, it's... It's just such Hard, a, it's dude. like wearing like, you know that blanket they sell you on the internet all the time? It weighs like 80 pounds or something. Yeah. And it won't leave you alone. Yeah. It's like somebody bought you seven of those for Christmas, dude. Uh, yeah. That would be a, f- yeah, that, that, that would be a tough fight to even prepare for and just. Yeah. It's know. almost like you just have to hide yourself under a bunch of rocks and then just fucking. Yeah. Just, yeah. That's a good, that'd be a good way to train for it lay under a bunch of rocks and practice yeah, yeah, yeah. getting up yeah. fuck dude yeah that's a tough fight i was he almost had that guillotine that guillotine was tight oh. habib even said that was fucking tight yeah could you imagine if if he would have finished that that would have been legendary that would have been insane but i do think justin gaethje does have a has a pretty good chance against yeah. him compared to the you know the rest of guys habib's fought as far as their wrestling accolades like justin could, could definitely give him a fucking fight yeah have you watched much of him? Uh, I haven't watched a ton of him. I've watched maybe three Just of like his the fights. Recent, the recent ones? Yeah, I guess let me think. Um, the one with Tony you probably watched. Yep, that I definitely watched fuck. that one. That was unbelievable. Dude, that's the only fight you got to watch to <laughs> fucking love Justin Gaethje. And I loved, you know what, I, I actually love, it made me really love both of them really. Yeah. Because it made me respect Tony at like a, just watching these guys, like you're talking to a guy, like my big thing when I was young was kind of getting my ass beat. You yeah, know? that's sick. So, that's yeah. cool. Dude, it is pretty cool. <laughs> I like so. Dude, like I almost even when you when when you were coming today, I was like, man, I almost want him to fucking knock me out. Boom, hit you with some shit. <laughs> yeah, I, just I so I could like be a part of it. That'd be fun. We could spar because I sparred this kid from Canada. I flew him down. He was one of my Twitch subscribers, and we sparred. We did three threes. Tim was the ref, and uh, it's was on it my pretty cool? it's on my it YouTube. Good. It's it fucking hilarious because he was never he always talked shit to me, but like in a friendly way. But right, and it was just fun as shit. But he started jujitsu after that, and he stayed consistent, which is oh, cool. That's awesome. But it was a perfect like I obviously know my know my control, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, we did it at the lab. I, so I didn't beat him up bad to where he left like hurt, right? But I, he was puking, tired, and just like wow, it was it was one of the it. It was my favorite fight I've ever been in. It was so fucking funny. I think Theo might catch you, though. Boop. might put you to sleep. Boy. Yeah, Theo might catch me with the right hand. Yeah, I would probably use my legs more. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we should. That would be a fucking good-ass video. And it would be fun. It's good for... I would like to learn that because it, yeah, yeah. it feels almost... To see what that's like, like... um one thing that I, that that was awesome the first time that Dustin came on he was talking about like whenever you go through a fight like whenever you get through a fight like win or lose like you learn 
there's like you learn something about yourself at like a at a level that we can't really duplicate unless it's that unless it's that dude i agree 100 percent. that and weight cuts i think everyone should go through a weight cut in a fist fight like kickboxing fight yeah the weight cuts are so it's crazy what goes through your mind when you're those last couple days because it's kind of native american doesn't it what do you mean? Like, I feel like the weight cuts, like, I feel like when you get to those last couple pounds, I mean, dude, I almost, I didn't eat for six days once and almost fucking what? ate a dude at Best Buy. Yeah, I almost fucking bit Just into a dude. Just on purpose, fasting? Or what? Yeah. I almost bit oh, into a fucking guy at Best Buy. I believe Buy. it. You a get beautiful crazy. Guy. A beautiful guy. Yeah. I mean, he looked fucking, Yummy. like, you start to think of yeah. a dude, like, if the power went out, this dude's yeah, gonna die. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> Especially if you know some jujitsu. Oh, yeah. Then you get that real confidence. Oh, yeah, like, I can kill you and yeah. eat you. That's what's so powerful about jujitsu. Really? You know you're in the, if you know you're in a fucking place and you gotta eat, right. you can kill him, eat him. Right, yeah, you have that yeah. new skill. Yeah, because otherwise I gotta like convince Hit him with a people. fucking bat yeah. or something. Yeah, I gotta sneak up, yeah. I gotta poison him. As long as you just learn a rear naked choke, a good clean one, mm-hmm. and you can sneak up on anybody and eat them. Yeah, but but those last few days through a weight cut, like Thursday morning, I wake up I'm like, all right, today's gonna suck. You get yeah. damn near no water and hardly any food. But then you also, what goes through my mind also is like, there is like the people suffer way worse in other countries, right. like that don't have food or water. Like I can go shower, a clean water, and people don't have that. So I, it's always a good perspective to remind yourself, like, okay, yeah. life's still fucking good. You could you could look at pictures of food on your phone. Yeah, you can be yeah. great, just being grateful for the things that you, yeah, that we still have. But that's what's so good about those weight cuts is it can really show you, like, teach you a lot. And it's a pro, and it's also like it's a really. I never thought about this, but it's kind of like a, it's like a almost a red carpet up to the fight. It almost it's like a respect because they're doing it as well. Yeah. So it's like both of you guys are kind of like, yeah, we're going to condition ourselves for this war we're about to go into. Fuck yeah. And, and the thing about weight cutting too is like if this guy doesn't know, if he's not eating perfect like I am and he's not doing exactly what he needs to do, like I got that shit down to a science. I'm doing everything perfect and this right. guy's not, that's an advantage for me going into the fight. Yeah. And I feel like if I, I feel like whoever I'm fighting is not going to be doing the exact thing that I'm doing. And I feel like I'm always going to have a little advantage there. So yeah. it, it's good mentally going into the fight too. Especially some guys like we'll weigh in before that fight when I fought Jose. Mm-hmm. We weighed in. Quint- and, Quinieres, is that his name? Quinones. Yeah, Quinones? Jose Quinones. We walked, walked past uh, the buffet or whatever and these fighters just weighed in like an hour ago and they're eating French toast and nah. syrup and just a bunch of shit that's oh. going to just fuck you it's up probably fucking brendan and dude <laughs> <laughs> anybody brendan he probably did that shit oh brendan <laughs> definitely <laughs> would dude bro uh, he one time he fucking showed me a rare stick of butter he got from someone <laughs> in his pocket from another country and he checked this out yeah yeah that's dude. fucking sweet like don't tell nobody that's fucking sweet <laughs> but yeah fighting's a fucking crazy sport and then the weight cut on top of it's uh, almost a sport itself like, yeah it seems like it that support for this past weekend comes from manscaped who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, your nuts. You got to take care of your body, and some of your body includes your nuts and pecker and all of that lower body. And, you know, these days, you just got to, you don't want to snag something down there. You don't want to be, you know, uh, you know, you don't want to get a, a fish hook or something snagged over down by your nuts so you got to tighten your body up 
And nobody helps you do that more than Manscaped. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Perfect Package 2.0. Inside the Perfect Package, you'll find their electric trimmer called the Lawn Mower 2.0. This waterproof and skin-safe technology will protect you from nicking your bag. That's right. You can you could you could trim your your body in the shower now. It's waterproof, it's skin safe. You're not going to nick your nuts, you're going to be fine. You're not going to bleed. Get 20% off and free shipping and support the podcast with the code Theo, T H E O at manscaped.com. That's right. Get 20% off and free shipping and support the podcast with code Theo at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code Theo to carry your body. It also comes with the crop preserver and anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. So take care of your body, man. It's your body and it's your penis and it's your nuts. Be good, huh? Today's episode is brought to you by Blue Chew. Fellas, do you remember when you were fully ready in your body for sex? When you would think about sex and just be able to be erect? Remember when your body just knew what to do? (laughs) Well, it can happen again. You can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. You've already had spaghetti. You've already had a couple pieces of uh, banana nut bread. It doesn't matter. Have a chewable wiener upper. That's right. They work twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Benefit from the confidence, Blue Chew, the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. It is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor or wait in line at the pharmacy. It ships right to your door. They're made in the USA, and it ships direct, so they are cheap. Right now, we got a special deal for our listeners. You can support the podcast. Visit bluechew.com. Dot com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Theo. Just pay five dollars shipping. Again, that's B L U E C H E W dot com promo code T H E O to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, we had a question that came in here. We got a young fella right here that sent in a question for us. Let's get into it right here. This beautiful white right here. Whoa. Bunch of beautiful whites. Yeah. What's up, boys? Brady from Asheville, North Carolina. Originally from Montana, 406. Sean, my question for you is, with Tim being your best friend and your head coach, do you ever find it difficult knowing when to turn off one of those relationships and have him be just your coach or just your best friend? So I got gang, gang, buzz, buzz. Gang, bro. Gang, gang. Yeah, that's a good question. I get, I actually get asked that quite a bit. And I feel like even when it's coaching, we're still fucking around. Right. <laughs> but we know when it's when it's a serious, hey, this, 
I don't know. I feel like we've never had an issue with that to where it's like, hey, I'm coaching you right now. We always know, like, the, the goal is world champ. I want right. to be the best ever. So And both you guys have the same goal. And we mm. have that goal in mind. So we know when, when, when to fuck around and when to turn it off and train. Um, and we've never had an issue with that. Tim, now let's hear your side of it. <laughs> yeah, same shit. As soon as we get in the gym and it's time to work, it, that we're there to fucking work. We still fuck around, but like I said, that's the main goal is be world champ. So once the once it's time to get that session done, we get it done. Yeah. Recently, like obviously, you know, like uh, I was watching some of your interviews and stuff, and there's times in it where I'm like, oh, Sean's very confident, mm -hmm. and then I'm like, Sean is very flamboyant. You know, he's like he's a show. Yeah. You know, they call it the sugar show. Yeah. You know, and I start to get like, okay. I kind of see what's going on here. Sometimes you say stuff and I'm like, Jesus, I can't believe you fucking said that. Like <laughs> I go through all these range of emotions yeah. when I'm watching your interviews, right? <laughs> do you know, like, um, like, do you start to, and, and I noticed this myself as I started to get more popularity, like your ego is a thing that lives right. inside right. of you. And it's kind of scary sometimes it because it's like, okay, what's confidence? What, what's ego? When, when do I kind of turn on one on and turn, you know, do you notice some of that inside of yourself? Yeah, when I wear my sugar chain, mm -hmm. sugar's out. That's my ego. I know, I know, I know when I need to do well. Like at the gym, I want people to treat me as Sean. Like right. I got this, and I feel like I do a really good job about turning that off and being and not being in my head like I'm. I'm sugar. I'm the man. I'm the fucking. I knock people out. Um, when I do interviews, I kind of just, I just. I feel like when the confidence the confidence is real, it's true. I think people can tell when someone's really confident when they're trying to fake it. Mm -hmm. um, that's probably my ego too, but it, almost in a healthy way. You, you well, you need. I feel like you need that if right. you want to get to the level that you want to get to. Because it seems like right. you not only want to be a champion, you want to be a. F a I want to be one of the best to ever fight. Like I think, and I think with my athletic ability and my skill set, that's constantly improving. I, mm -hmm. I'm gonna be, I can definitely get there. Um, I think, yeah, and it's always a battle, ego and your true self, and and being like when I'm at home with Danny, my girl, our relationship is so good, and it's like it's me, it's Sean and Danny, um, and if it's Sugar and Danny, there's it collides almost in in a way. It's hard to it's hard to talk about the ego too yeah no it's hard to talk about it. look I, I, it's, it's interesting yeah it is interesting but uh, and then we listen to guys like uh, Eckhart Tolle and and fucking Ryan Holiday Ryan, yeah Ryan Holiday the, the stoic books and, and um, who's the awareness guy oh uh, Anthony DeMello Anthony DeMello and just listening to fucking these smart guys talk about and, and talk about happiness and what's true happiness and and stuff like that it's, it's a trip to think about my ego and then my my real self, my true self, almost, and, and understanding that I have an ego, and I can't be st I can't get stuck in that ego. Right after the fight, I gotta come back to Sean when I'm home. Right, when I'm at home when it's with my dogs and Danny. I'm sh I gotta be Sean. I can't constantly be that ego. You get lost in that fucking world. Oh, Look, it could be scary. You get lost in your ego, and then you're never yourself, and then it's like harder to bring back, hard to come back to your true self. So I feel like I do good about mixing it up and knowing when to be sugar and knowing when to be sean sugar's next so sugar's obviously you know like um there's a couple of ways you could kind of do the next couple years of your life you mm -hmm. know and, and you know you could go kind of i bet if they wanted to they would offer you yeah you want to fight you know you'd have a bunch of guys that might be pissed yeah but if you want to fight straight up you know if you want to go you know and get closer to the top and have a chance at the at the strap now 
or it's like do you want to take your way up like what do you it, what do you feel like is truly going to be best for you there's you know ufc is a business a really really right. smart intelligent business and i'm a fucking star in the making like it's clear the audience is attracted to what i have to put out and i'm a high level performer so they got to build me like a business like they did right. connor um but me as a fighter i'm like i can f- like fight i feel like i'm the best i can fight anybody and beat them um so we got to just kind of figure out what's next take smart fights but also like i fought eddie wineland he's not an easy fight Mm-mm. like some people will say oh they're giving you bums eddie wineland is not a fucking bum at all eddie wineland will beat all of our fucking dad's ass <laughs> exactly <up. laughs> eddie's wineland's a bad motherfucker so they're not giving me fights jose quinones was like six and one in the ufc he yeah. wasn't an easy fight right um so i see people on there saying they're giving me easy fights and stuff but i think the ufc is going to build me smart and, and my next fight's going to be another tough a tougher fight than eddie but not super because it, realistically fighting anybody in the top 10 is, is a tough fucking fight for me i'm not gonna go out there and smoke anyone. yeah this is the top 10 in the world in the weight yeah. class so no fights easy especially when you got those fucking little gloves and people throw bombs yeah so any fight's not a give me fight um but i think they're gonna try to do it smart build me up smart that's what they're gonna try to do what would you try to do I think like a businessman too. I know I'm only in this sport for you know ten years can sound like a long time, but once I'm once it's over, I'm like fuck. Did I do that right? I want to look back and go, I did that right. Um, I'm getting called out by a lot of a lot of wrestlers, and I feel I'm like God. I want to fight these motherfuckers. Like who? Like what do you mean? Like wrestlers? Like you mean like guys that literally want to grab my legs, hold me down, and not fight? Like Murab, that kid Jesus. that just fought last uh, last weekend. Oh, I think man, like fucking wrestlers, dude, from the WWE. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought no, you no, meant like real wrestlers. No, no, guys that oh, are wow. like, okay, like scared to fight, right? But love to grapple and wrestle. Right. Just those um, hermit crab kind of dudes. Yeah. yeah, and it's a risky fight for me to take because. It doesn't cater to your strong suits, or it, it doesn't, doesn't cater to what you like to do. Yeah, I like knock people out, but I <laughs> like I'm when I think of myself as a, I feel like I'm really good at jujitsu, but it's a risky fight taken against someone that literally will take you down and hold you there. It's, yeah, it, it's not it's what like the they're fans, lonely kind of. Yeah, it's not what the people want to see. It's not, you know. But once I'm champ, I'll take all those motherfuckers right. on. Like it doesn't matter. I'm champ. I have to fight who's next. But to get to the champ, let's take the smarter fights. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, that's fucked up. You're a pussy. But definitely, you know. But it's a business and everybody gets to do the business. It's it not is. like they don't, uh, like everybody, like like you have some different path. and uh, Like you have a, your own path, but yeah. everybody's in the same business. I'm still fighting these guys in the UFC of that course. are going to be like. Um, so, and, and I think a lot of the people get jealous. Like the guys are like, oh, you're picking fights. We're not picking fights. It's just I'm not going to fight someone that's boring that no one gives a fuck about no one wants to see me fight right we're gonna you know what i mean so you're gonna make a smart choice yeah we gotta make a smart choice it's a business what do you think tim yeah same thing dude it's like you want to fight a guy who literally just kind of wants to dry hump on you and pump on you and oh. try to win the rounds by 10-9 or do you want to fight a guy if we fight a wrestler who comes in there and wants to take him down and beat the fuck out of him hell yeah like let's, a habib let's style do that. Like ground and pound like but some of these guys literally just lay on people oh yeah and They're it's perverts not, almost. Yeah, it's they should get charged. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, some of this shit is just, just like, like that's gay. Nothing yeah, wrong bro. with gay. Yeah. No, but I let's don't, don't be let's don't be gay while we're yeah, in these exactly, rounds. Exactly. Let's meet up after and hug yeah, if we have to. <laughs> I agree with that. But don't waste our the, the clock time. Exactly. We got a gentleman right here who's obviously interested and in, has a question for us. I'm uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley. I got a question. Uh what do you think about six nine? Huh? 
I want to know. I want to. I want to know about about your hair too. I fucking love you. I'm a fan. I saw you talk about this before, but I'm a fan, dude. I think it's almost fascinating. And I know the question's for you, but uh, but I just stole it. But um, I think it's just the dude's fascinating, bro. Like when he said he was gonna be on at midnight, I fucking showed dude, up. I was there. Yeah, I, I was there. I'm a fan too. But then people like, oh, he's a snitch. I don't give a. F- I don't pay attention to who he snitched on, what he was in jail right, for. I don't, I don't give a fuck. It's, I just think his music hype. <laughs> We're going to the gym, or we're fucking. We're, we're, we're getting hype. I'm throwing on some 6ix9ine Gooba. Yeah. And if I got to watch the music video with Nicki Minaj, watch that a couple times already. Do you see that yet? Yeah, I saw it twice, dude. Those tatas. But yeah, I'm a fan of his... He's a character. Yes. That is... His character's working. And about the hair, before we even knew 6ix9ine, like my debut, we talked about, hey, let's do my hair like like crazy. And I kind of wanted to establish my name in the UFC, get it, you know, show that I'm for real. And then... Uh, so, so the hair was definitely a little bit inspired, but I'm like, dude, that his, his hair looks sick. It looks fucking crazy. And a, yeah, and he's a fucking character. I want to be a character. I want people yeah. to be like, what the... If they've never seen fighting, I want them to look at the screen and be like, oh, what the... F- I, want, I want to watch this guy right. fight. He's got crazy hair. He's tall as shit, skinny. Well, you have to stand out, especially if you want to... I mean, there's, it's interesting to watch what you guys do in y'all's business. Like, it's definitely changed over the past few years, I think, with guys calling each other out more, mm-hmm. like becoming characters. Mm-hmm. Like, everything in the world has kind of become... You know, we talk about it a lot that everything's kind of become like the WWE a little yeah. bit. Fuck like yeah. every like politicians, everybody, it's all about just sound bites and how can I how can I rise out of whatever's going on and and, and be seen really. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And it definitely seems like you do that. Do you think you'll have a different hairstyle? Like do you have other plans for like uh for future bounce? Yeah, I think we're gonna continue with the like doing different colors of my hair. Danny, my girl, does hair, so she right. did all this. So and she we got a bunch of different colors. So we'll play around with it. Um maybe I was thinking like uh whoever i fight next wearing their flag color hair oh that'd be dope just to, just to peck at him like when i fought jose i like to say things that are gonna nudge at him when i fought jose i said well, we'll see who's more mexican yeah and he got pissed <laughs> but then i get people saying you're racist like my girl's fucking mexican <laughs> yeah. um but just saying little things that are gonna fl- fire people up because if i can get someone emotional to fight me right they're gonna come forward like jose did they're gonna come forward like eddie did and want to take my head off and that's not a good game plan you're getting knocked out doing that so if i can get someone emotional and want to really just hit me that's good because do you respond like say if somebody did that to you you don't respond to it the same way i don't take do anything think? personally right like i know i understand that like you could say i fucked your mom a bit cool like yeah. you'd tell it somebody but my mom yeah my mom fucked at least probably five people everybody's mom did <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but just not taking anything personally right and yeah because uh, it's interesting because she's so that's what okay so to you it's like it's a game it's a it's a show it's a show it's a fucking it's sugar yeah but i'm well, i'm sean in, in a way where i'm always kind of shunned but i'm not gonna take it personally right it's gonna be if i take it personally that's gonna affect how i fight i might fight emotional right and when i don't fight emotional, i fight calm yeah very calm and i feel like the more calm i can be the more dangerous i am so if someone says something and i get personal about it i think that could change how i fight it definitely changes how people fight me oh for sure they get well it's how most fights start like if you're just in regular human interaction like at a bar or post office or whatever most people fight because somebody gets fucking pissed emotional yeah and guys like cody garbrandt who get mad if you sneeze next to him yeah it's like holy shit that's too easy yeah like i'm sure he's already just at home just Want to you, fight me? Do you think that for him it might be uh, the fight to take? Do you feel like may- no? I don't. I don't think that's a good fight for him. He needs another fight. He needs. He's still on his comeback. He, he's he. It, I'm ranked number fifteen. The rankings are 
pretty much pretty stupid, like as far as who gets title fights and stuff. Um, I'm ranked number 15. He's he's just beat number two or three or whatever, so he's probably not gonna fight me. Um, it's a lose lose. He beats me. People are like, oh, you beat the number 15. He gets knocked out. Obviously, that's not a win for him. Um, so I think that's gonna be a big pay per view fight someday. Right. Like I think that's gonna be a big a big fight someday. If you're to jump out, like you know, say you're able to get out, like if you were out of the weight class, if you could get into another class, who's somebody that you would you'd really love to go at? Whew, the higher up you get, the more scary those motherfuckers get. Oh, it gets scary, dude. I get scared to even read a lot of these charts. Yeah, <laughs> no scared. shit. Like, I can't read them for I'm trying to go to sleep. Like the 55 division right there, and 77, and even 85 or 70 and 85. Those divisions are so scary. Those oh. humans are so athletic and powerful in, in their skill levels. You know, they're high-level MMA fighters too. So I definitely wouldn't want to fight any of them. I love when guys like Henry Cejudo is like, I'm the baddest motherfucker on the world. I'm like, you're 5'3", dude. You ain't that bad. <laughs> like, you're good for your weight class, but, dude, you're not, you're not fucking up Francis. <laughs> Do you? Uh, Francis will fuck you. Eat like snack, dude. <laughs> little nugget. <laughs> little nugget. He, do you think... Uh, do you think, fuck, do you think that, um, like, your confidence comes from a certain place? Do you, did you always have that? I, I think the confidence that I have carrying into the cage comes from no, when I know I have that, foot, that fight booked to the fight day, I'm doing everything right. Right. From, like I talk about, my nutrition, my sleep's on, my sleep's on point. Um, You're locked in. My training, I'm locked the fuck in, so I'm doing everything right. So when I'm in that backstage, I'm not nervous. I don't feel any nerves. Yeah. I'm calm. I'm chilling. Uh, I'm ready to go out there and perform because I knew, know I did everything right. But there's times where, you know, like my last two fights, I didn't really have any injuries, which was very important. Um, going into a fight with an injury could definitely fuck with that confidence. Right. Uh, like, God, I don't know. I haven't really had to go into a, a fight. With an injury yet. Yeah, I had a torn labrum when I fought those two guys, but I was still able to train. Um, it didn't affect me as much until after because labrums tear. They tear, 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 tore to the point where I needed surgery. Um, so, yeah, going into the fight just knowing I'm doing everything right. But even when I was 16 when I first started, for some reason I thought I was going to go knock these guys out. Wow. And I was just a little skinny kid. Like, Yeah, that's the difference between you, I from. think, and people that don't like to fight. Like, if I've ever gotten in a fight, it's been like, fuck, I'm not going to knock this guy out. <laughs> like, Jesus, how fuck. do I how do I make this end? I don't think I... <laughs> no, I you just I, flinching at him might knock no someone shit. out. What, that's a good point, bro. If what? I hit him with that hard fucking dirty flinch, dude. That, that's true. If I fucking hide somebody up under well, my... Well, imagine, imagine if you just rolled out one day, Theo, with your hair rainbow colored. How that would be sick. Just freak. We're going to do something special around the holidays, That'd I think. Be sick. <laughs> We've thought about doing something seasonal. Fuck. <laughs> <That's laughs> <That's seasonal. laughs> Maybe a Thanksgiving, a kind of a turkey Ooh, kind of motif or that cut. That would be sweet. That would be cool. Uh, we got a question right here from a young man who took his shirt off. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Hope he has an accent. Hey, Phil, it's Daniel from London. He does. i got a question here for Sugar. If you had a choice, what would you be? The best UFC fighter in the world or the best Fortnite player in the world? I'm going to have to answer gang, that. Gang, buzz, buzz. Gang, bro. Gang, gang, bye, bye. Good question. Yeah, I used to play a lot of fucking Fortnite. You ever play that? or no? My nephews play it. Yeah, okay. I've seen them play. I, I don't play it too much anymore. I play more Call of Duty now, or mm -hmm. only Call of Duty now. But definitely, I get asked that. Like, If you could stream and make more money, would you do that? Mike? fighting's my fighting's what i truly truly love to do and, and performing just being on that if i if i could fucking sing or rap or do anything and perform i fucking want to do it i crave that yeah so so definitely fighting it's fun huh 
I love performing. It's it's sweet because, and when I was like when I was growing up, I literally remember telling my friends like I'm gonna be famous. And they're like, what? How? Right. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I'm gonna be famous. And I don't know why I wanted to be. Probably because I was insecure. That's probably what it came from. Like I want people to like me. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but we I always built wanted a studio, to... so yeah. Two hundred pictures of me up on the wall. Oh, I know my house. I'm like, Man, that's a sick pic of me. That's a sick pic of me. Hey, you want to watch my fight? Oh yeah, I'm that's always crazy. asking Danny. But uh, um, what was I saying? Uh, oh yeah, performing. I, I I just love performing, and and I, it's. I don't remember what I was gonna say. Something sick though. Yeah, <laughs> it was gonna be sweet. It was gonna be some philosophy, but whatever. Do uh, we got a question right here from a guy? Open your eyes, fella. Hey, Sean. Hey, Theo. My question is, we've seen a lot of fires struggle on a day-to-day basis in terms of finance. You know, the cost of living going up by year, food, medical, petrol, training, housing. My question to you is, should there be a fighters union to help with the financial side of it? You know, help the low-tier fighters. We've seen a few weeks ago, Brandon Royal saying he has to work a second job. A second job. And he's in the UFC. Should a UFC fighter be having a second job? My question is, what the fuck size is that bed? And how does he really sleep on it? It is a small That's bed, like a huh? Toy. That, is it a toy? You, yeah, look how there's only eight little bars going across. <laughs> it looks like the pan, baby. Yeah. That is a very <laughs> lean bed. This could be a, the oldest baby I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, fighters pay. It, it's weird when you look at other sports making how much money compared to professional fighters. I mean, I don't obviously know the how much UFC's making, how much Dana making, and how right. I obviously know how much we're making, and it's not that much for, compared to other athletes. But like guys like Brandon Royal, just won his fight. You know, that's at least twenty thousand dollars, and he has to go work a second job. It's like that's his choice. He can quit. Twenty thousand dollars will last you a couple months. Get really good. Get another fight. Book another fight. Perform. Make another win. And and you don't have to work you, you, unless you know maybe he has kids and shit. And I don't know about, but. It depends how bad you want it. Right. At the end of the day, uh, I don't even like talking about the money. When I, I did talk about it and bring it up because I wanted the UFC to know I'm I need to renegotiate. That's right. What, like I'm gonna bring it up unless we get to. Yeah. And uh, but I, even if you don't compare it to the who's the other athletes that are making so much money, and be like, damn, I made 80 G's last fight. Yeah. That's a lot of fucking money. Maybe not compared to the hundred mil that the MLB guy just got for fucking swinging a baseball bat but it's still like we make a lot of money compared to people that work nine to fives and and shit like that so and it's more dangerous so i don't know it's tough to say it's really dangerous i mean i feel like it's about to change um hopefully you, you get that feeling nick that it's about to change that you guys are about to start getting paid more you guys, I'm, you, I'm not one of them. But you are, you are. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> but I just know Nick loves the sport. No, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I I just don't see a union ever happening because for yeah. guys, the most influential guys in the sport, like uh, Sean and Connor and John, it doesn't make sense. It kind of puts a cap on what they can make. It really only helps those lower tier guys, and it's yeah. like it's easy for me to say. But yeah, fighting's kind and of a choice. No one's guaranteeing you a living. The pay per view, the way it works, is like the champ. And the, whoever they're fighting get the pay-per-view. Right. So people ask me, oh, you're going to be on a Connor pay-per-view. You're going to get that money. I don't get any extra if I'm on a Connor pay-per-view or any pay-per-view for that matter unless I'm the champ right. or unless I'm the main event, in the main event. So it, and I, in, in my position, I think I'm going to do fine. I'm never really going to have to worry about 
pay me more because I think I'm going to be able to, once I'm in that main main event spot, that's where I'm going to fight. I'm never going to go from the main event down to not main event. Right. With with the the hype that my I'm going to bring to these fights, mm-hmm. I want to sell these fights, these pay-per-views, say the yeah, right things. And it's fun as fuck. Yeah. Chael Sonnen was the man at it. Connor was the man at it. And it's it's doable. So I think when I do get in those spots, I think we're going to be able to sell good pay-per-views, especially fighting like Cody Garbrandt, who's another star-ish. Like it takes two people to build a big pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm going to get there and and it'll be good. The money will be good. Um, are there guys uh, that are below you in the rankings and stuff that you look at and you're like, damn, this guy is a, is a straight up or anybody you're even hearing about? Like this guy's a, like that, you know, you're like, this guy's a real fucking problem. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely guys like in the division, Bantamweight's division is the most stacked division in the UFC right now. I feel like from one to 10, it's, it's so fucking stacked. When I, how confident I am, it doesn't mean I'm going to, I don't see them as they suck. Like, I'm not like, this is going to be easy. Right. I feel like I'm going to be able to show up that night and outperform them. Yeah. Like, that's how I feel about everybody. Um, but none of those guys are easy fights at right. all. I didn't think Eddie was necessarily an easy fight. I was just super confident that I'm going to show up that night and perform better than him. Um, so looking at the division, there's a ton of guys. I'm like, whew, uh, that's a tough fight. Yeah. But I'll probably still knock him out. That's right. what's going through my mind. I mean, you have to think that. I mean, that's the only thing you really can think is that you're going to win. So sometimes it's like, yeah, for people that come on you about your ego and stuff like that or come on you and mm-hmm. say, man, he sounds really confident or trash talk. What else? I mean, I guess there's maybe ways to phrase things. But, but if lo- I'm walking into a fight, I'm not thinking, fuck, I hope we both do well. A lot of guys <laughs> aren't. A lot of guys, you know, I feel like I built this skill set of working my mind to thinking that way. And I don't think a lot of people can. A lot of fighters can go into fights thinking the way I think. It's a skill that I've built up and I've practiced. I've had over 30 fights too. And I've done a lot of mental work, you know, even just meditation and stuff like that. Um, and in and my breath work and stuff like that, I can kind of make my thoughts like that. Right. Where I'd, some fighters are in the back. You heard Donald Cerrone talking about it. He's fucking terrified wow. you hear Chael Sonnen saying he's not the only one I think all I think 95% of the guys that are going into fights are terrified and yeah. aren't thinking I'm gonna fuck this dude up I think I think like that because I know how to work my mind and know how to have those thoughts pop up and, and, and navigate where my thoughts go so I think it's a skill set it's interesting you to you say that man yeah because then you get into the fight and you're like okay how am I going to it's more like how am I going to do this than what's going to happen right like if you full, walk into the fight like shit I don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. here that's a different approach to something than man I know what's going to happen here I just have to find exactly how I'm going to get it done yeah and like I said I kind of let my bo- I let go of all thought when it comes down to how the fight's going to play out I just trust my higher self that I'm going to go in there and do what I need to do okay. but a lot of fighters <clears throat> even myself before pre like b- before I even really got in the UFC you would say oh, how's the fight gonna go out oh shit like what if he fucking drops me what if this what if that I don't let myself even get there wow I'm like okay we're gonna go in there I'm healthy I'm in shape and my skill set's high my skill set versus his skill set like for when I fought A I knew my striking was high, more high level if you just watch it from not thinking about oh, okay I'm me just watching it like oh, this skill versus it, I'm better right. and I knew I was going to show up so if my skill set's better and I know I'm going to show up you can't beat me but there's always that one punch and I always say that because I know 
I'm not stupid. I'm not. I'm still realistic. There's that one shot that right. could put your lights out. But when I, if I take myself out of it and just look at the skill set versus skill set, even like if you want to use Cody for example, I feel like his skill set versus my skill set. I'm better. Yeah. He's my striking's better, and I fucking show up. Yeah. He he seems to show up. Sometimes shows up emotional. Last fight he looked better than he did ever, um, and he got the job done. But still, he has that fucking right hand that he dips into and throws. Oh, um, yeah. But when you when I take myself out of it and look at skill set versus skill set, that it makes it easier because I truly believe my skill set's so high to where I can be like, oh okay, if I show up, I'm gonna be I'm fine. gonna be good. So I'm not gonna overthink the fight. I'm not gonna say, oh I need. Hopefully this lands. This lands. I'm just gonna let myself take do whatever my body needs to do in there. Do you practice? Uh, we got a question right here from I'll some guy. It. Hey, Theo. What's up, Hey, brother? Sean. This is Shiloh out of Missoula, Montana. Um, just a quick question for Sean. Just wondering how does it feel uh, to be a fighter coming out of Helena? And uh, do you still come back here at all? Yeah, Montana's an interesting place. You know, Daniel Cormier said it best. He felt like when he went to Great Falls, which was was where Tim's from hour from where I'm from it feels like you're going tw- back 20 years in the past wow and it's honestly and I don't want to say it they get have people in Montana get mad at me it's depressing there I don't like going back mm. it's a weird feeling um I think the suicide rate's one of the highest there it, it's a depressing place and I don't know what why it's beautiful yeah it's beautiful it, I've been in Deer Lodge before okay yeah it, they got a I prison mean, there yeah Tim, that's where Tim's from oh really <laughs> prison no, 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 no. no that's oh. where his dad's from <laughs> yeah. um but Fuck yeah, Montana's you. cool. Um, I, I'm from Helena. What, there was no, there, there's not a mall there. Like growing up, there wasn't a fucking mall to go to. There was nowhere to go hang out. But my parents had a dope ass house out in the mountains, like mm-hmm. a, fucking right next to the lake. So it was nice. But I don't go back to Montana much. Um, and I think the best thing I ever did was move out of Montana. But I'm super grateful that I'm from Montana because mm-hmm. it made me the person I am. Like what for whatever reason, it made me the person and it gave me that confidence being in montana fighting other guys from montana beating them up and just being in montana i felt like uh def obviously is the reason i was the person i was before i left but moving out of there was the best thing I yeah most did. people think oh i'm gonna go to montana i'm probably gonna get my ass kicked by some guy but <laughs> you thought you were like oh i kicked everybody's ass in montana i'm but, gonna head on out but the reason i was beating up people in montana too is because it was they didn't have good gym the training yeah i've heard you talk about this that the yeah. training where you're at now you talked about it on rogan even just mm-hmm. the level of training it's like one of the three or four hot spots uh yeah. that you guys spoke about where it's just like one of the best places to train over phoenix there. yeah montana was not good and when i came down from Mont the reason I came to Phoenix is because Tim was watching one of my fights in Great Falls. He was commentating because he was already in Bellator at the time. And he was like, hey, if you want to come down to a real gym, I see potential in you. And you could. So I came down shortly after, a couple weeks after, and I was 18 years old, came to the lab. Literally every single, I was there for 10 days. Every practice I left crying, I'm pretty sure. Damn. Like it was bad. I realized I'm not good at fighting. Like I'm athletic and I, and I, I just don't have the skills. Like uh, people would take me down and beat me up. But like, you've learned it. And I, and I'm like, but always in the back of my head, I'm like, if I can learn these skills, I'll beat these guys because uh, I'm more athletic. And, and for whatever reason, I felt like I had a pretty good IQ of fighting. And I was like, I just need to learn the skills. I just need to learn the skills. So from when I was 19, when I moved to Phoenix till even today, I'm training pretty much twice a day. I'm still getting really good. I'm getting better. In those two years that I was out, I think I improved more in those two years than I did in the previous four years that I was training because hmm. um, I was training smarter and I'm just training with such high level people and I'm retaining the knowledge and, and, and it's just, and i still feel like I have so much to learn, which is why I think I'm so dangerous. And it gives me that confidence because I'm like, I'm really fucking good right now, but I can get 
I'm just I'm just getting started. Yeah. Imagine in my head, I'm like, imagine in a couple of years if you How keep training the way be? you're doing. It's scary to think about when my strength and condo- strength and conditioning Brandon Harris when he says like, we're just scratching the surface with your fucking abilities. And I'm already feeling like a fucking machine. I'm like, if we're just getting going, then I'm going to be a dangerous motherfucker for the rest of the time I'm in the UFC. Do you, uh, is there anybody when it comes to like talking trash and like kind of, you know, like, you know, and you have to these days, you have to be your own PR person, really. I mean, yeah, 100%. You know, uh, what's that? A quiet goat don't get fucked. That's what they used to say back in the day, you know? I like that. Um, (laughs) And it's like, Tim will fuck it. Is there anybody? Is there anybody? You don't have no standards. Tim's been through some bullshit, <laughs> You don't have no standards. It's bullshit. Bro, it's we've bad. all done some things, brother. It's all right. Yeah, fuck it. You know? <laughs> uh, is there uh is there anybody you 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 check in and look at and be like, oh, uh, that you follow their way of talking shit? I definitely uh watched I have Chael Sonnen's the number one, I think. I think he was better than Connor. And I didn't get to watch it. While it's happening, I've, I've had to go back on the YouTube videos, click like Chael Sonnen, Best Trash Talk, and watch, ah, like, fucking, I've watched every single interview. <laughs> I've watched Connor's Best Trash Talk. And it's, it, I watch it like it's comedy. They're funny as fuck. Yeah, and it's I've, pretty great. And I feel like I've always been, you know, I've always been the goofy kid, the kind of funny guy. And I'm like, if I just be myself and then learn, like, everything, like, these guys, um, I think I'm going to be able to be pretty good at talking shit yeah. in, in my own way. And, and it's going to be, authentic because then you there's people can tell when you're being real your true self and like being funny and then people can tell when you're being like you know uh henry cejudo who just he's an olympic gold medalist he's you know two-time world champ he hasn't his following sucks yeah he's just not funny and it's there's he doesn't have that off stage his personality isn't as verbose really off stage yeah and he's just so i i think uh but yeah chael and, and connor i definitely watch a lot of a lot of their interviews and and probably subconsciously learned a lot to where I can kind of put it in my own ways. Yeah. It's fun, man, and it makes it fun. Dude, I love that part of it. I remember after I broke my foot, I told Joe Rogan, I said, I love, uh, what did I say? I said I fucking love Joe Rogan, but I said uh, I love everything about the sports, the trash talk, the the build-ups to the fights. Dude, those press conferences that Connor have been in with... with, uh, Oh, they were so good with Floyd. With Floyd, with with uh, Aldo, with when they were all sitting up there, and he's talking about Corey. Dude, I can't wait for those. I'm gonna give me a fucking quad shot, <laughs> chug it, and just get goofy on the mic and start saying fucked up shit that people and look pushing or, the boundary. And the funny thing is, is already I want to watch that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like I want to watch. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's like what makes people want to watch. It's that it thing, but no one really kind of knows what that it thing is. But I said it on the Contender series when I was. 7-0 and or whatever I was before I fought Alfred I said I have that it thing I'm gonna knock out Alfred and everyone's gonna wanna watch me fight and it just happened like that and it's funny that, that, that was a great dude, fight too dude, I thought dude, man that, that fight was, a, was fuck that was a that was a wild one to watch man. yeah it was it was high paced and it was oh. but I was had that was the worst fight camp I've ever had in my life and it was the biggest opportunity I needed to go out there and perform and that's what really you know probably gave me a lot of confidence so I'm like I I had a bad concussion. This is the reason I don't spar too much. I had a bad concussion a couple weeks before that fight, waking up in the middle of the night, puking, not able to train, um, couldn't eat hardly. So I weighed in at 136. I got in the cage at 138. Mm. That's fucking insane. Like you don't get in the, you don't weigh in at 136, get in at 138. Um, 
and I just had such a bad camp. I was completely gassed out in that fight. You can see a minute in, I'm like huffing and puffing. Um, and I still dropped him. So that made me really, that probably built a lot of my, it was just GoPro battery. Scared down. the fuck out of me. <laughs> um, that, that probably gave me a lot of confidence knowing I can still show up when I feel like that. Yeah. Um, let's look at that picture of Tim too. Let's bring that back up. I don't want to. That no. was, yeah, he had a cameo on uh, Rip My Drip. Who sent that in, Our, Sugar? Zark, we have this boy, <laughs> we have this guy on a, that's been following Tim and I for a long time. His name is Zark Poino. He's an OG Jobin of ours, and uh, he, he sent it in like four weeks in a row, he said, and he finally got it on, and, and it was legendary. You know I, what's funny, Theo, is when I had hair like you, I used to have, and I had like a little bit of frosted tips. I got more puss than I've ever got in my life. Oh, <laughs> praise God, brother. Amen to that. Holy hell. Yeah, you show up looking like you can do something, and people think you can. <laughs> this is oh. when you got your first tranny, right? Took out your first tranny oh, yeah. on Tinder? Don't, but don't. Oh, yeah, sorry. Bro, you could about fucking about alien dress like that, bro. Anything <laughs> could happen to yeah. you. What's in that fanny pack if we had a guess? Condoms. Bro, hopefully more fanny. Look Condoms. at the muscles on this dude. No shit. Condoms and lube. <laughs> Extra <laughs> fanny, bro. Uh, uh, who's a using little, condoms? A little vibrator. That's an insane idea. Um, let's I, get that other question that came in. Uh, do you want, I want to kind of hear what you guys said about him back in the day. Oh, yeah, let's play this. Yeah, I didn't even know. Phoenix. Tim Welch. Look at them fucking jorts, bro. <laughs> Dude, he kind of has that Joe Rogan of the of the West vibe. Huh? Dude, he has that Joe Rogan of the future vibe, doesn't he? Yeah. Look at those fucking bolets. It looks like Joe Rogan if he uh, if he was in that movie. Um, what's that movie where they where there's things climbing underground and they try to pop out and see you? Tremors. Tremors. Yeah. <laughs> eh, that's an old movie. He looks like uh, Joe Rogan if he's in Taxi Cab Confessions porno. <laughs> yeah, it looks like Joe Rogan and uh, Hulk. Her, he looks like Hulk Hogan. That's what he looked like, dude. Dude, look at his kicks. Remember when Hulk Hogan's son killed somebody with a car? Fast, yeah, That's racing. crazy, man. Yeah. Talking about Nick Hogan? Yeah, racism. He's an Uber driver now. Um, let's oh, see. Damn. What else do we got? Look at that Look at the fucking though. powerful yeah. fanny pack. You know yeah, he very powerful. And look at the Bro, if somebody doesn't ejaculate onto that guy, yeah. bro, then we ain't, this ain't America, dude. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what do you guys do whenever you guys go out around the town, man? Do you guys ever we don't go out? Really? We don't go out, dude. We train, we get high, we chill. That's it. Is it too dangerous going out whenever you can fight? Like, does it? Because I like, you know, I I can do comedy, so I like to go out and do yeah, comedy. Yeah. You know, like, is it kind of like, dangerous? Like, I might fuck you up. Yeah. No, I don't look at fighting like that at all. I'm never confrontational, and I don't get in fights outside of it. I I don't. I'm never even in that situation. Right. Um, if we go out, it's to, we'll, we'll get fucking high shit and go overeat and regret it. That's yeah. pretty much like a, what we do. Yeah. And we don't <clears> – we did go to a comedy place down in Phoenix. I, I'd like to go down there more because being around the comedy club, that was pretty fucking fun. We never really – I only hear Rogan talk about it and you guys talk about being around the club, comedy club. I'm like, damn, that sounds fucking – that sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah, that stand-up live club, is that the one? Yeah, what's it called? Do you remember? Stand-up mm -hmm. Scottsdale. Is that what it is? There's a couple good ones. It's not in Scottsdale. It's in Phoenix, right? Is it downtown? Yeah, downtown. Phoenix? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, stand up live. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Brendan and them were just over there, actually. I oh, think, is that where they perform? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think they were there, actually, Damn. maybe a weekend. Or maybe. Last night, I think, or two nights ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's where they were. Let's get this question in. Hello. Louisiana. You all right, Sean? As a fellow Louisiana nerd, big fan of the podcast in general all fucking 10 of them that you do and um just wanted to got a quick question for sean and that's um after you get that belt 
What are you telling Joe in that post-fight interview? What are you going to tell him? Uh, I don't. I really still don't know what podcast is for, so gangrene, butt fuck, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Not even sure half the words he said. But that was <laughs> I don't think that guy Something knows. He's like, from Louisiana, he uh, said, so God, it's limited, bro. Limited word ship down there. Yeah, after... <laughs> That's after, why he had his buddy with him to help him <laughs> in case he needed an extra word. Holding the sign. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after my fight with... Andre, I remember saying, I fucking love you, Joe Rogan. And then I fought with Jose. I was on ESPN. They're like, don't go. So I was like, I freaking love you, Joe Rogan. And then after that pay-per-view, I fought. So I think that's kind of became a thing. Just saying, I fucking love you, Joe Rogan. Just because I was such a huge fan of Joe Rogan. It's fucking, it's so sweet that he's a commentator there. Like in the UFC, they said, hey, how are you going to, how are you going to, how's it going to affect you fighting with no crowd? I said, if Joe Rogan is there and Dana White's there, I don't give a fuck who I was there. Joe Rogan, listening to him commentate. And in, in his podcast, it's, I'll probably say I fucking love you, Joe Rogan, after yeah. I get that belt. <laughs> That'd be a great t-shirt if you made that, too. I fucking love you, Joe Rogan. Oh, hey, hey Rogan, you mind, you mind if I use that? Like, give me 10 bucks. Little wife sure. beater or something. Little wife beater. Yeah. yeah. He made that Spotify money, I think. Or ex-wife right. beater, dude. The Ooh. wife beater. Yeah. Future wife beater. Yeah. Hey. Future wife beater. <laughs> a great idea. Like a rash card cut off wife beater. <laughs> yeah, that'd be sweet. Um, what else we got, Nick? Anything you want to ask, man? This guy's got. Oh, he's got a good question. I can okay, tell. here we go. A lot of our questions, they have their shirts off. I don't know what it is, but people right. are fired up. Yeah, man. they're doing. You got them push-ups. Sean, what is your favorite tattoo? Um, probably the probably something on my face. I remember when I I wanted to get face tattoo. Danny, my girl, she's like, Nah, don't do it. And it was the star in it. I said, I'm stupid enough to get a face tattoo, but I was smart enough to get a fake one first. Right. So I got the fake star tattoo before my fight with Andre. And it was, I'm like, damn, I like that. So so I went and got the star. I was feeling like a fucking superstar. Yeah. That was, I was on a pay-per-view. I'm in the UFC. I was 22 years old. I'm like, fuck, I'm getting a star on my face. I ain't going to ever work a fucking job again. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So probably the star, that's what started the, the face tattoos. And then I got, then I got sugar. And then I got breathe. It says breathe when you look in the mirror. Uh-huh. Um, that one was pretty cool because I was going through that, all that USADA stuff. I was really learning more about my breath and, and meditation and stoicism. And it all comes back to just taking that, just breathing and feeling that breath. So I got that one. I like that one a lot. And then I got the heart. The heart was just kind of like, I don't, I just want something on my face. I'm yeah, my man. Heart. I was feeling hard. Yeah. Do what you got to do. Yeah. That's it's interesting because, out. I mean, back in the, like, I mean, tattoos and stuff, I don't have any, but it's always You'd been look like sick a sick with a little face tat. Tribal thing, really? Yeah. A little hot dog Some, or something. A little, <laughs> a little hot dog. <laughs> no, but something, something small would be sick. Damn. I bro. think you got to, even if you get like a little fake one first, just to check it out. Yeah. You'd like it. You'd look in the mirror and you just, scream i do every morning do you yeah i just feel hard because you're like fuck i have to show up now that i have face tattoos well yeah. after that yeah you can get face <laughs> tattoos and not show up before for life. my fight before my fight i'm like i got fucking crazy hair if i get knocked out that's gonna be fucking a meme forever oh, yeah, laying yeah. there with my hair flopping around yeah. colorful um has connor reached out to you have no you i feel like no I, i'm a huge fan of connor obviously but i feel like he I feel like he might be a little bit of a drunk now. Yeah. I'm not, who knows? Maybe not. But I feel like he probably looks at me like, this little fucker is about to steal all my shine. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I heard Brendan t- talk, what, what was it? Saying about the new super, uh, the new pay per view model. He doesn't think anybody's going to be like that big superstar, that Connor, that Rhonda, that. J- I think he's wrong. I think I'm going to be that next big fucking superstar. But I just have to make sure I'm continuing to show up 
in the gym and get better so I can go out there and perform. But if I keep going out there and doing what I know I'm capable of doing, like a lot of people don't think in their mind, like I'm going to go knock this dude out in a fucking flashy way. I said before that fight, I'm going to knock this dude out in a viral way. And I did. And I feel like I can do that to everybody. It doesn't matter what style. If I'm longer than you and faster than you, I can knock you out in in a crazy fashion. It's artistic. Yeah, it's like Pablo, like, Kickasso or something. Yeah, exactly. Pablo Kickasso. I might get that tattooed on my face. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, that's Uh, mine, dog. (laughs) Next time you come, I'll have a fucking across my face. It would look good. Something would be Or Colin. We just hired Colin. Maybe we'll make him get it. (laughs) Oh, that'd be good. But no, I... Wouldn't it be so gangster one day to have somebody who you have to... Like, you don't want to have the tattoos, but you make them get them? That would be sweet. (laughs) That would be cool. Jay, that's you. Let's go, boy. Yeah, this is my tattoo donkey right here. It says menthol across his back. He's buzzed up, getting tats. Do you get buzzed up much? Uh, get fucked up. You mean? Just buzz, yeah. Every night. Not recently. I I got. I I quit doing drugs and alcohol a while back. But I'll probably do it at some point. Just not right now. Yeah, I don't. What about DMT? Have you ever done that? I haven't, but I'm definitely. I definitely would like to. I I like how it's a quick kind of. I've been. Told yeah, like yeah, so you can just minutes, walk like, through it whoa. pretty easy, yeah. Um, I, I definitely would would be interested in doing that. But uh, getting buzzed up, it, it's so fun when you do it, but we don't do it very often. couple times a year, three, four, maybe a get year. Drunk? Yeah. Yeah. But it, like when we get buzzed with the boys, it's so much fucking fun. It's just hard to, like, I don't want to wake up the next morning with a fucking headache. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of becoming old-fashioned, too, I think. Like, when I was uh, in college, like, everybody got drunk, right? Mm. It was like, how drunk can you get? <laughs> Zach's dead. Yeah. You know, it would be <laughs> like, it was like, oh, man. Like, who, who cares if he's dead? He can still drink, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it yeah. just, but now like you see people using more psychedelics. You see people yeah. using more, like, things that they want to have, like, an actual experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then they want to just... kind of pollute themselves Mm -hmm. you know i think it's just like everything every like diet changes i think the diet of how we get wasted yeah uh is evolving as well you know fuck yeah this was kind of related this question what's up sean what's up theo gang gang brother uh my name is tour from sydney australia um i just have a question for sean i was just wondering if you microdose anything i don't know if you're allowed to talk about it at all but um, there are huge benefits with it, and I know that you just uh, saw you on Joe Rogan's podcast speaking about um, mushrooms. So I was just wondering if you microdose at all. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. It's cool how many different people around the world Isn't it amazing, listen bro? to the podcast and stuff. Like when I go on Twitch, people are like, hey, from Germany, hey, from Russia. It's fucking crazy. It's pretty, dude, it's, fa- it's really fascinating, isn't it? It is. Um, microdosing, I feel like for me, when I use a psychedelic, I feel like I have to almost be kind of called to i'm gonna be like i'm going through something and i need to figure it out lately life's been so just going so well right now mm-hmm. that I'm, i haven't really felt like i needed to use mushrooms um or any psychedelics really but i have microdosed and, and it does it makes it life more vibrant almost and if you're in a you got to be careful if you're in a, what kind of mindset you're in um but if i'm going through something i need to have fucking figure something out i feel like and dig deep where it's like okay this is coming from my childhood or this is coming from this insecurity or you're attached to to your significant other and you get jealous in a certain way like that's when i feel like those mushrooms are so beneficial and so powerful they can really help you dig deeper into those situations and uh figure out what's the next step because mushrooms aren't going to fix nothing they're not you're not going to take mushrooms like oh 
I'm, I feel better now. Yeah. It's going to give you the right idea to be like, oh, shit, this is where I'm going wrong. This is what I need to change. Right. Yeah. You get, Yeah. It helps you get out of the, some of those bad loops you can mm-hmm. get in. Exactly. Yeah. So I think mushrooms are so fucking powerful. Crazy, huh? It's crazy that they're illegal. It makes Miller Lite look like a little pussy, exactly. dude. <laughs> exactly. I, I think, you know, Tim said it should be a national mushroom day where everybody just kind of trips and, and, and realizes we're all fucking one. Like at the end of the day, we're all one motherfucker. Yeah, bro. Everybody just gets in a big pile in the and park. Did, yeah. <laughs> Stacked yeah. up, protest. But, style. dude, how crazy would it be to do them like with your mom or something? I've always thought dude, about that. My mom. My mom's starting to get a little weird, bro. I think she would, in a couple of years, dude, I take a weekend off of not partying and I just go do them with my mom. Dude, I think that would be an emotional, such a positive thing for, for me and my mom, too. But my mom is so against – she's religious to where she wouldn't do it. Right. Because of the Bible and all that. But I'm like, if you read the Bible, doesn't it say stuff about plants and medicines and stuff? But she thinks – she she literally told me the other day, marijuana – no, 20 cigarettes is worse than one joint. Oh, yeah. I thought on the internet. I've heard that before. I'm like, mom, you smoke 20 cigarettes. I'll smoke a joint. Let's get on the treadmill and see who falls first. <laughs> <laughs> or let's do anything. Anything. And uh, but she's just so cut off at that religious block. There's I just don't see her. But she used to. She's she's such a good fucking person, and I love her to death. But I think she's just stuck on that block. That marijuana is so bad for you. Yeah. But I don't know why. I'm like I've seen you drunk. Like I've seen you drink caffeine. Coffee's literally opposite of weed in a sense. Like. Yeah, I don't get it. Has she? You think she's ever tried it? I don't think she's ever tried it. No. See, that's the thing. I think is if getting someone and have the experience because I think they feel like you smoke a joint, you lose your job, you get like a shitty car, your air conditioner doesn't work, <laughs> you cry in your yard. Yeah. You know what I'm so, saying? You yeah. suddenly have two kids in the backyard, <laughs> yeah. and the fucking there's a shitty pool that they're in. Like Dude. I think people. That's what people think. Like oh, that happens. <laughs> I can see my mom. I don't think they that. realize. Oh, it just kind of makes you a little different you know it makes the whole way you interact with the world it puts a different filter yeah. on it i think well I th- and i think coffee is the same thing caffeine is l- a drug that makes you fucking before i had caffeine today i was like when i had caffeine yeah. i'm like whoa let's fucking get goofy <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it changes your mind it's all yeah. mind altering just like weed is and let's call a darren till a piece of shit you know what i'm saying let's fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah. i'm not stupid let's i can talk shit, shit to those guys <laughs> like i don't like when littler guys talk shit to the big ufc the big guys like i'm a 35er i'm not a big guy i'm a little guy i'm not talking shit to these big ass motherfuckers i'm smart enough to know that these guys can still whoop my ass <laughs> yeah, right, right right and then i that's why i don't like when the little guys act like they're the king of the world even when connor's like there's not a man but that might be him playing that up that right. like that thing where people are like i want to watch out but it's gotten so much easier for him to play it up it's almost like that's become his only element since he doesn't fight anymore yeah i don't it sucks because you almost get put in this position to where it's like for connor it's like i need big fucking fights i'm not gonna fight anyone else and, and he seems like like he's getting frustrated. He wants to fight, but he only has so many options now. Right. And that's the thing with getting up in the rankings. Like, so you're ranked number five. It's like, oh, okay, I can fight number four, three, two, one, or the champ. But these guys are fighting each other. This guy's injured. This guy's fucking mom has cancer. This guy, you know, he's just right. like, there's, you, can't, you can't fight. Sir. And time goes fast. I mean, before you know it, that's it's been a saying. year. It's been a year and a half. So it's like almost the rank. It's like, fuck. Once you get up there, it's like you can only fight a certain amount of guys. Right. Because you don't want to fight backwards. It's just, it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't make sense. But so you got to enjoy the ride. So you have to plan the ride. You do. 
and I and, and for me, it's like I love fighting. If, if they get, if it was my choice, I'd fight next weekend. Yeah, I would have had a fight booked, and we're fighting. But it, like I said, it's a business, and they gotta do it right. But yeah, fighting's fucking, and it's a dangerous sport. Like I'm lucky I got out of the last two fights, no injuries. That's rare. Yeah, it's super rare to get out of fights with no injuries back to back like that. Have you ever fought somebody only has one eye or not? One eye. Um, like or somebody that only had like one, one. something. No, I remember there was this guy that I sent to Tim that I got offered a fight. Remember that? And you're like, he has one leg. I'm like, dude, it's a lose-lose. <laughs> it's a lose-lose. You beat him. Really? You beat a guy with one oh, leg. Oh, dude, in Montana, you can fucking fight every weekend. That's the thing. That's what I used yeah. to love that Sugar used to say as a when he was amateur. He's like, man, I don't even give a shit if I lose. I just want to do some sweet shit. I was like, <laughs> I hell didn't yeah. Fuck. I, I was just like, lucky. if I can make a highlight, if I can go into a fight and get like a good solid bunch of sweet shit like that I did in the fight and then lose, like, at least got sweet vids to it's watch. It's true, bro. The highlights, bro. It's like I, max preps. It's dude, like as long as you have a couple of good highlights, exactly. dude, the rest of it doesn't matter. This guy's exactly. 0 and 74, dude. Exactly. But he shows up. Yeah, but watch him do this backflip. <laughs> yeah. That's the, the thing about having, being undefeated, too, I'm 12 and 0. It's like, fuck. That O is so uh, important in the business, too. It's like, it's almost like, okay, if I lose, then it's like, okay, now we're free to fight whoever. Fuck it. But you got to keep that O. You got to keep that undefeated record. Yeah. Um, Does that, do, do you think about that a lot? Uh, for me I think another thing that's super that I have an advantage of in the mental department is I'm not afraid to lose when I look at losing I look at it as a, a chance to go through adversity a chance to be like when I when that whole USADA thing came about it's like that was so I felt like I just took a L I just lost like I just got suspended for something I didn't fucking do right but I, I was able to figure out how to make it a positive thing training wise my relationships wise just learning a lot about myself. So if I lose a fight, I'm like, okay, now we just got some shit to deal with mentally. Obviously, I need to go work on something. Did I get caught? Did I get dropped? Did I lose a decision? What Did I gas out? What happened? I got to go work on that. And then mentally, it's like, okay, how do I deal with this loss? And I'm going to be able to deal with it because I've dealt with shit before. And I know that dealing with adversity come out more powerful on the other side. So I'm really not scared to lose. I definitely obviously don't want to, but God, I hope I lose next fight. It'll be sick. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm not afraid to lose and going into a fight. If I do lose, my circle's so small that I'm not going to have people fl- flailing. Like Tim's going to be there. Jay's going to be there. My girl's going to be there. My mom and dad are uh, the core, the small group I got, the guys at the gym at TW, BJJ, where we train. Like those guys fucking love me in there. Not because I'm winning fights, because they're a fan of, of what I do in the, and I entertain. And then I go to the gym and I'm like, "What's up, guys?" Like, I'm so I'm not gonna lose anybody that's important. Right. To me the I only lose. thing you're gonna lose is just yeah, it, it would fight. just be a it's fight. Not that big deal. Um, so I think being able to look at it with that mindset helps me go into not be getting nervous in fights. Like, it's interesting, man. It definitely after watching like interviews with you and then talking with you now, it definitely gives me a, a more of an understanding of what kind of your your overall perspective of things is is definitely a little bit different. That's good. Yeah, it's sweet being able to do podcasts like this and get asked different questions and reach different audiences and have under podcasts are sweet because you you really get an understanding of what of who someone is for the most part and you can kind of tell if they're bullshitting or if they're being themselves or whatever. So yeah, it's fucking podcasting so fun. Yeah, yeah, it's been awesome, man. Um, Nick, what else we got? Anything else? Uh, I guess just more specifically, do you have a timeline of when you're trying to fight again? Yeah, the, I'm talking to UFC. I texted Sean Shelby yesterday. I said, dude, I'm ready to go in August. Like, I know, I, I don't think, I, Fight Island sounds really cool. 
I don't but, think it does. <laughs> but it when like I a shithole. when I get there and I'm like, this place fucking <laughs> even if it is sweet, it's like okay. Being I could either fight the thing is too is the cage size like the cage is f- what was it forty four percent smaller mm-hmm. almost half the size no way yeah okay. on Fight Island no 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 in in Vegas yeah that's what they said right this past weekend the, the, that cage was smaller yeah the one I fought in was fucking tiny and I felt it but that's the one I fought oh. in the Contender Series too and it's like for me and my advantage is my footwork and my movement so the bigger the cage the better for me. Um, so Fight Island's gonna have a big cage. Vegas has a smaller cage, but I'd way rather fight in Vegas. But I'd rather fight in a bigger big cage. cage. So it's like, okay, who are we fighting? Are we fighting a grappler who's gonna try to hold me down. That smaller cage is, is gonna benefit them more. Are we fighting a striker in a smaller cage. I'd still would rather have a bigger cage, but it's different. It's a different game. Like Eddie was a striker. It was wasn't too big of an issue. Um, so I'd rather fight in Vegas in a bigger cage if I had the opportunity. Hopefully, we're gonna fight August. A couple people like. Um, I was supposed to fight Cheeto. I don't know if you know who that is. Yeah, Cheeto, <coughs> his fight was sick. Well, he Song. lost, but it was a. I thought he, he won. won. He oh. won. Oh, he won. He lost. I thought he won. He did lose. Mm-hmm. Oh, he lost. He lost the decision. Cheeto I thought, Vera, right? Is that yeah, his yeah. name? Yeah. I, th- I thought he won. I thought he won he, too. That's how crazy it well, was. That's, well, see, that's what I told UFC too. I'm like, I'm, I'll fight him. I know he's coming off a loss, and you're supposed to winners fight winners. UFC thought he won. I thought he won. You know that could be a fight to make. Damn, yeah, that'd be a great fight, bro. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> Or it's gonna be another first round KO, but no, he, he's definitely <laughs> tough as fuck. He's like he's tough. He's gonna yeah. And I always say this: <clears throat> I plan on fighting for 15 minutes. As far as my training is concerned, like we're training to mm-hmm. fucking fight for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, like throughout my career, it doesn't last Couple like minutes, that. Yeah. And I don't, you know, when I close my eyes and see the fight playing out. I knock him out in the first round. It just <laughs> yeah. happens like that. But he, he's tough. His skill set's pretty pretty good. He's, he's a good grappler. I think he would try to take me down. Not initially. I think he's like, he, initially he'll probably be like, oh, I'll strike with him. Hit him with a fucking sugar smack. And then huh? I smack him in the tits. And he's like, oh, trying to grab me. That's what usually happens. Is I hit fucking people. Stevia, bro. Dude, I might hit him with that fucking Stevia. <laughs> <laughs> but he, I think he called me Stevia on Twitter the other day. Oh, did he really? He's, oh, I didn't even he know He said that. something about making excuses in the UFC. People on Twitter are so fucking <laughs> stupid. Like it, It's funny. I like Twitter now. I don't use it too much. I use it to talk shit. Like Peter, I don't know if you saw that tweet. Uh, no, I didn't see he it. Peter said, Peter Yan, he said, uh, oh, yeah, there's that. Next time UFC called, don't make excuses. Like, UFC called me. I'm like, no, I can't make it. My, my grandma's couch broke, and I'm like, I can't make it. I made excuse. But uh, I think, it, what did he say? He said, um, it's my time. And I said, calm down, Peter. Or no, I said, calm down. You can't even spell your name right, Peter, or something like that. <laughs> you are and it's just funny little comments like that. Right there, he said, my time. And I said, calm down. You can't even spell your name right, Peter. And then I spelt it right. And uh, and then he said something. He said, oh, yeah, it's calm down. You can't even spell your name right, Peter. Just some funny shit like that on Twitter makes Twitter so fucking fun. Because it's a game. Well, it's interesting, too, for you because you see, coming out of, like, this Twitch world and mm-hmm. being in, like, and being of a younger generation than some guy, you know, like, just thing. it's – it's more of a not real world online. Yeah, 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 and it's building potential big fights in the future. Like that's building it up. You're not working for me now, curly boy. Yeah, I don't know if he speaks English or if he has someone's <laughs> translating. I, I, I truly don't know, but uh, I, I makes I'm curious if he's actually him. 
So I don't think he could speak that way. <laughs> I mean, uh, he, he got his own style, man. But it's funny if people always try to uh, uh, jab at me for having curly hair. I'm like, curly hair is the only reason I get laid. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, dude, that's not an insult. You got fucking curly hair. But yeah, well, I got laid with it. So yeah, it's not a good insult. I think uh, a lot of Henry con- Cejudo said something about curly Q or something. Did he? Q-tip mm-hmm. or something about my hair. I'm like, God, you can't. That's not good because it gets. But it's pussy. interesting that at where you're at, that you have these guys who who are are, ta- are communicating with you. Oh, you know I what love I'm saying? It. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's interesting. It's like the top top. There's guys. a lot of guys who could tweet at Henry Cejudo and they're not going to get any response. <laughs> but that's not where you live right now. That's no. not the. That's not the. You know the the world you have built for yourself yeah. right now. And um, and I've been, and I bet it is fucking exciting. It's fun. It makes it way more exciting. And I've been building this up for. You know, I've been building my social media up for a long time, you know, ever since I guess I got it, kind of just been building it up, building it up, building it up, making it like a business. Yeah. You know, you can make, like, I make a lot of fucking money from my Instagram and it's like a business there. But growing up, I, I had so many adults tell me, don't post this. Don't post that. You're not, UFC not going to like that. Me smoking weed uh. in my fucking marijuana robe, listening to 50 Cent. Like, dang, I wouldn't post that. UFC not going to like, literally been adults that I'm supposed to look up to. It's so hard for me to look up to most adults. I'm like, your life sucks. Yeah. I don't know. What you tell me doesn't really resonate. Yeah. You just got fired. Yeah. yeah. You just got fired from the you, fire department. Yeah. It's, <laughs> so it's like hard for me. When I was growing up, listening to the adults, like, I don't want to be like you. So that's probably not going to not gonna listen. I've always kind of been a rebel in that way. But I've been like the social media way, posting shit that I think's funny. Yeah. Like if I think it's fucking funny, I'm going to post it. Dude, undeniable that, that the show is entertaining, man. A rebel with a cause. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Anything else? That's it for me. You got? Tim, man, you got That's anything it. else for this I guy? Want, I want to see. Okay, besides Schwab and Joe Rogan, I think with your size, you might be able to fuck up any other comedian. Oh, dude. What about Callen? You versus Callen? He boxes a little bit. I see. I'm I'll, getting a little old, though. That's true. I'm actually going to stop by Tony Jeffries' gym on the way home. He's got that box and burn. Uh, Hit some mitts or what? Yeah, I'm just gonna check it out. I'm gonna get a membership over there. That'd be tight. tight. Um, I want to. I need to fight somebody. I think you versus Brian sparring three threes would be fucking epic. I'd watch that. I'd be in it. I mean, (laughs) yeah, I'd watch Um, that. Your size intimidated me. I don't think people know. Yeah, you're taller. You're like, and I can get hit, man. I'm already. We got a mullet, so you can get. Yeah, yeah, I'll get fucking hit, dude. Yeah, they don't do shit. Yeah, I'm already missing a little. If you can jab Brian, because I haven't met Brian either, so I don't know. He's small. No. He's small. Smaller. He's quick in his hip, so he's got those kind of that. I can yeah, see that. He's got that wiggle in him. Yeah, I can see that. I can but see he's that. very small. He's almost like he is the vi- the physique of like Elf on a Shelf. Remember Elf on a Shelf? Oh yeah, I know Elf on a Shelf. I can see Brian. Yeah, okay. He has but that small that. physique, almost like somebody yeah. set him somewhere. Elf on the Shelf with traps, so he does have nice. Does he have nice traps? traps? Yeah, but his muscle, his bone density, has gone down so much even in the past year. Yeah, yeah, he's happens older. quick. You think you'll be like tactical or more on your Scrappy. emotions? Like I'd go in mouth first. Yeah, I'd be one of the few people to fucking yeah go in. Get emotional. Oh, my God. Someone slap you in the wrap. Ra- Just squealing. Before the fight. My finishing movie is I fucking hold him down. Damn. Uh, in a boxing and I fight. cry straight into his mouth. In a boxing <laughs> fight, that'd be sick. Just drown him, bro. That'd be sick. That'd be fucking epic. Dude, you got to think of some crazy finishing moves, bro. Dude, I have some. Mm. I really do. Like, we got things that so have never many. been done, yeah. man. Yeah. I do that. I, I do. I have moves that have never been that people are going to be like, what? think I'm not real. Yeah. That's the goal. People, mm. I get in fights, people are like, was that real? I want to be that big of a character. And we got the moves. I have this the the techniques down. Yeah, like this guy's using R three, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're gonna be very interesting. What he's doing. The UFC game ain't gonna be able to keep up with the shit that I actually can do. So it's gonna be sweet. I'm I'm excited to 
it's nice to be healthy, right? Like really feel healthy because with that strength and conditioning program I'm doing, I'm doing that and building that dense bones and I'm just eating healthy. So I, my body's so healthy. And when I'm healthy and athletic like this, mm -hmm. I'm a dangerous motherfucker. And I have so many sweet moves to finish people with. And you got to remember, I'm almost, I'm 5'11". And most of the guys in the UFC, in my division are five seven, five six, like little dudes. Yeah, no, you that length that almost makes me when I'm watching you, it makes me nervous. Yeah, for some reason, because I'm like, oh, because the visual is that, oh, this guy looks, you know, like the who was the the gentleman who's Stamen, Stamen? Oh, Cody, Cody Stamen, Stamen. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you look at him, you're like, Jesus Christ! But so he's closer to five foot than he is. Six wow, foot, you know what I mean. So does that scare you though when you see somebody with that body, like that physique? It's just like, I mean, if it, no, it's funny. It's more funny than it is scary. Well, when you see a midget, you get scared. <laughs> he's not a midget. He's five three. He's not a midget. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true, man. You're right. You're it's right, not scary. Bro. No, no. When they're jacked like that, it's like, okay, he's gonna try to take me down and hold me. It's right. not scary. Um, thinking like that because they got to get inside, got to get knee, elbowed, kicked, teeped. There's a lot of weapons. A lot of lot like it's dangerous coming in to my range. A lot of blades, bro. A lot of blades. A lot of blades. This guy's yeah. running with. Yeah. Uh, Sean O'Malley, the Dude. Sugar Show. Thanks, man. Yeah, that was fucking awesome. Thanks that for coming fun. in, bro. Yeah, thanks. Exciting, man. Tim, thank you so much. Fuck yeah, good to meet you guys. Yeah, and you, uh, JX. JX, man. Jesus, you can call him Jesus. Jesus. And he does most of your social media stuff. He yep, Jesus does our podcast, vlogs, uh, runs our Patreon for the most part, like posting on stuff. So, Legendary. yeah. Dude, having that stuff going is so huge, bro. Fuck yeah. A lot of people don't have that. No. So, thinking ahead yeah. like that, bro. We're on, we're on top of it. We got the, we got the squad on top of everything. Yeah. That's huge. In my bones, but it's gonna take a little time for me to set that parking brake and let myself all wild shine that light on me. I'll sit and tell you. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jonathan Kite, and welcome to Kite Club, a podcast where I'll be sharing thoughts on things like current events, stand-up stories, and seven ways to pleasure your partner. The answer may shock you. Sometimes I'll interview my friends. Sometimes I won't. And as always, I'll be joined by the voices in my head. You have three new voice messages. A lot of people are talking about Kite Club. I've been talking about Kite Club for so long, longer than anybody else. So great. Hi, sweetheart. Here's a deal. Anyone who doesn't listen to Kite Club is a dodgy bloody wanker. Charmaine. Oh, hi, I'll take a quarter pounder with cheese and a McFlurry. Sorry, sir, but our ice cream machine is broken. <laughs> no! I think Tom Hanks just butt-dialed me. Anyway, first rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Second rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Third rule, like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or watch us on YouTube, yeah? And yes, don't worry, my Brad Pitt impression will get better.